0: Texans, what's going on on this uh, Sunday afternoon, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome, 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 welcome in on in. Come on in, come on in, come on in to Mr. CTV, ladies and gentlemen, as we bring to you Another much-needed episode of Lone Star News here, again, live at Mr. CTV. I am your host, Mr. C, otherwise known as Michael Aaron Gossetis. Call me as you will, but you know what? We are Mr. CTV for a reason, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome once again. Okay, all right, we've got... Before us a Sunday afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. I know you guys have been ripped up waiting and ready for another edition of Lone Star News. For as much as I talk about making sure you're keeping it local, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> here we are. I'm just trying to adjust my screen. I got to get this entire screen fix up, fixed up and just right, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, so that this way it's nice and proper. Thank you all for joining us. Anyone who's out in the audience, we're broadcasting over at the Foxhole Pilled, as well as Clout Hub, Twitch, and Rumble. If you are live with us on any of those channels, stations, or platforms, please make sure that you follow and subscribe for free. Give us a thumbs up, give us a like. We'd most definitely appreciate it. I would most definitely appreciate it, ladies and gentlemen. I was trying to decide exactly, I had a lot of stuff I had to prep for today's show, just so you know, ladies and gentlemen, yesterday I ended up taking quite a day, it was a good day yesterday, just had a lot of stuff going on, had a lot of errands to run, had a lot of things to do for the CASA, and let's just say that the day got away with me, and so incidentally, I was quite behind on prep for today's work, Uh, for today's show, but I wanted to make sure that I was able to at least to come to you guys a few days before what the Texas primary runoffs, which are happening this Tuesday. That's right, in two days. Ladies and gentlemen, you know, I have a really bad habit, but it's also a really good habit of not really addressing elections until like the day before the elections. And in case you're wondering why I do that, and some of you guys might know this already, I do that because I don't believe in early voting, ladies and gentlemen. Who here believes in early voting, ladies and gentlemen? Does anybody here believe in early voting, right? If you believe on voting on election day, give me a hand, give give me a one. Give me a, give me a, throw your hands in the air, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) Throw your hands in the air if you believe in voting on election day, ladies and gentlemen. We don't do early voting. And you know what? If I give you my thoughts on the elections a week ago, you would have been early voting a week ago, right? Uh, Most of you guys probably did, but it's okay. It's okay. Not all of us can make it out to election day, but... We know when election day is, ladies and gentlemen, so we have no excuses, right? Right? No excuses. You've known when the primary runoff elections were going to be months ago, so make all of your arrangements, schedule accordingly. Tuesday, May 24th is the primary runoffs, okay? Uh, 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 just like, what, 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 what? The general elections for the midterms in November are on what day? The 3rd? The 4th? I don't know what day it is, but it's a Tuesday, ladies and gentlemen. So make your, um, appointments and your schedules accordingly, ladies and gentlemen. Don't let me hear that you missed out on election day because... You scheduled everything late, ladies and gentlemen. You have, from this point, like, T-minus, what, June, May, July, August, September. You have, like, six months, ladies and gentlemen, to schedule your day off on election day for the primary, I mean, for the primaries, for the midterms, okay? All right, okay, I don't want to hear it, all right? That's why I do these things like a day before election day, because you only need a couple of days before election day to get this kind of information if you're voting on election day. You know, there was an article that was run out, I think it was probably out of Breitbart, where they were talking about the governor's race in Pennsylvania, and they were saying that the governor's race in Pennsylvania was decided, Way before the uh, Dr. Oz and uh, David McCormick race, which is still not decided, which were like uh, election day plus what, five or six or seven with Dr. Oz, Mehmet Oz, right? And McCormick. Why is that, guys? Why is that? Why do you think that the Doug Mastriano vote was decided? And here's an even bigger question, but let me tell you why first. Because as the article states... Most of, if not all, a huge percentage of conservatives, of Republicans, of Make America Great again, um supporters of, of America First Voters all voted on election day. And that is how Doug Mastriano took that race without having this Dr. Mehmet Oz McCormick debacle that's going on over there. Which I would also say, if Mehmet Oz and Dave McCormick still have thirty to 60,000 mail-in ballots to decide that one Senate race, how has any other race in Pennsylvania been decided, ladies and gentlemen? How has any other race in Pennsylvania been decided if they still got 30 or 50 or 60,000 votes that they haven't even counted just for McCormick and Dave uh, and, and, and Oz? It makes no sense, right? it makes no sense don't tell me that there's 30,000 absentee ballots that all voted on the Senate race and and eh, didn't even va- they didn't vote down ballot they didn't vote up ballot it was just it was just that McCormick Oz race guys there's something fishy in the state of Pennsylvania don't you think do you not think that that is extremely fishy ladies and gentlemen? That they're missing thirty to sixty thousand absentee ballots just to decide the Oz Senate race, but they've decided the governor, they've decided the lieutenant governor, they've decided every other race down and up ballot except that one race pending thirty thousand. I mean, I would think that that means the entire state of Pennsylvania is up in the air, wouldn't you guys? Wouldn't you guys think that if thirty to sixty thousand absentee ballots that are uh, causing the Oz McCormick race to be in a cuckold? that the entire races list in Pennsylvania should be undecided? Why is it just that one race, guys? That one race being decided by thirty to 60,000 ballots, and everyone else in Pennsylvania knows who's going to be voting for who in November. Makes no sense, ladies and gentlemen, and that's because the rhinos are just as involved in this race-baiting race. Race-baiting? Baiting Baiting the races, right? They're baiting the races. It's, It's the same, guys. It's the same. Common sense, ladies and gentlemen. Common sense, guys. Common sense. It makes no sense. Anyways, guys if my texas brothers and sisters are here with me today then we are definitely going to be talking about the uh, runoffs coming up here in about two days time Ladies and gentlemen, it's about time that I started paying attention to my backyard again. It's getting kind of dusty. The the leaves are getting kind of crass and crappy, and uh, we got to pay attention to it. So here we are, ladies and gentlemen, for another episode of Lone Star News. Finally, we're on episode number 28, right? Oh, we got some good stuff to talk about today. Now, uh, we're. Uh, I'm planning to go for about an hour, but I doubt it. I doubt it. I think we'll cap it at two hours because got a lot of stuff to cover. Got some videos to show you guys, some stuff I think you guys will be interested in. Let me jump into the chat room quite real quick before we get started. Tam Growl, keeping me on my toes, my Oklahoma sister. I told folks to come say hi, and C is not even here to greet up. Ha <laughs> ha! I was running about 10 minutes late. I apologize. I had a lot of stuff to get together before we got started, ladies and gentlemen. But here I am now. See, you're in my living room with my C fam. Oh, you got me. Do you got me on the good old Roku there, Miss Tam Growl? You can catch, you can catch the C report on Roku. If you have Rumble on your Roku and you can watch me live, like, I'd be like, what? Sixty inches tall in your living room, ladies and gentlemen. Hey Sonia JHC, good to see you on this Sunday afternoon, Ankavanka! Awesome, Ankavanka says, "Great to see you, brother. I was busy, but you are always on my mind. I hope you're doing well. H- hugs from the fam. Ah, much much love and many hugs to you, Miss Ankavanka. It's always a great, uh, it's always great to see you in the audience and in general. You know, um, uh, I saw you over there at Truth Social, Ankavanka. For those of you guys, Truth Social, it's right here, MRC TV." Follow us over at MRCTV. We're getting quite well. I mean, you know, I'm getting a lot more engagement and a lot of feedback on Truth Social, more so than I have ever experienced in any of my social media livelihoods. So join us on over there, MRC TV. That's at MRCTV Truth Social. And, you know, I've got some love for my... Let me let me move this so you can see it. Uh, some love for the uh, Gab people as well on Android. MR underscore CTV. MR underscore C. So you can see it. That's why I moved over like this. MR underscore CTV. And you can catch us there too, ladies and gentlemen. Join us on the socials and uh, hang out with us. Today I did... Um, I, also on Rumble, because don't forget on Rumble, we do our live broadcasts and we also do our entire show broadcast, but we also do our clips on broad, on Rumble as well. So today I dropped a clip dump of all of the Dominion voting machine lawsuits in case any of you guys are not part of the weekday audience, but you're catching me on the weekend today. Dropped all of these clips on the Dominion lawsuits uh, that have been happening, so you can ca- you guys can catch up with that because, uh, you know, not many people talk about the Dominion lawsuits these days, but uh, it is absolutely still 100% important that we um, keep up with that. So over at my Rumble account, you can catch that for sure. Ladies and gentlemen, what is going on? Awakened mom, good to see you in the house on this Sunday afternoon. Happy Sunday to everybody, ladies and gentlemen. I hope or, I hope you already had your Jesus for the day, and you're ready for the rest of the afternoon. Uh, as we are ready to get ourselves underway, railing on. Thank you for the one seventeen gold pills, as always, much appreciated, and always good to see you, ladies and gentlemen. Mr. Spock, welcome to the uh welcome to the chat room, Mr. Spock. One day, one vote, says Mr. Spock. That's where we gotta get it to, my friend, Mr. Spock. We gotta get it to uh um election day as being a national holiday. You know, I cannot figure out how in 250 plus years no one ever figured that out, right? That we need to have Election Day as a national holiday. I mean, it stands to reason in my opinion, that that is how it should be. Mr. Spock also says something definitely smells in Pennsylvania. I think about it, guys, think about it. All of the other contests were decided, but one contest is undecided by 30 to 60,000 melon ballots that have not been counted. How is that possible? How is it even possible? I guess you take your percentages, right? You take your uh, your win percentages versus your loss percentages, and I guess that adds up to deficit of 60,000 votes that would not decide any other competition. I just don't think it's possible. I just know that Doug Mastriano, who's the uh, governor primary contendant for uh, November in Pennsylvania, all of his voters showed up on election day, okay? Let it be a lesson Ladies and gentlemen, to all of us, AnkaVanka says only one person thus far is rooting for McCormick, and that is Mike Pompeo! You're right, AnkaVanka. Mike Pompeo is the only one who's rooting for frickin' McCormick. I don't understand what that's all about, but maybe I do. I don't know, AnkaVanka. I don't know. There are indeed a lot of questions about that fact right there. Uh, Tam Growl says, let fraud be found first and second. Runners canceled each other out. And Barnett takes it. Tam Growl, you are preaching to my choir because I know I preach to your choir all the time. We're right on the same wavelength right there, right, Tam? I I think Tam Growl has been listening to some Mr. C, is what I think. If you make a meme, pass it my way, okay? (laughs) Awesomeness. Uh, awaken Mom says, Mr. C, if we go on election day to vote, the left won't know how much to cheat. Exactly. Ding, 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 ding to awaken Mom. Ding, 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 ding to let's ding, 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 bing, bing, bong, ding, ding, bing, bong to awaken Mom. That's exactly what it is right there, guys. Because if we go and we do our early voting, well, you know what? Uh, the left. The progressives, the Democrats, the self-avowed socialists and communists will know how much they need to cheat. Why do you think we highlighted on our last C-Report how Secretary of Snakes Jocelyn Benson wants to be able to process absentee ballots early? Oh she says because if we don't process absentee ballots early then the right-wing conspiracy theorists have a chance to spread their lies you know about uh, about um, about uh, election uh, fraud and and they'll they'll be able to insert their narrative that will cast doubt on Michigan's election system. Well no this woman wants to be able to count absentee ballots early without counting them? Like, how does that make sense? She's like, we want to process the ballots early without counting them. Jocelyn Benson, who do you think you're talking to besides like the sleeping people of Michigan? No, 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 no. We're watching you, Benson. We're watching you all the way down here in Texas, Benson. And people are watching you all around the country. And we know better than that, Benson. Okay. So, uh, Awakened Mom is right on the ball there. Right on the ball, there, ladies and gentlemen, they will be able to figure out they won 't know what to do if everyone votes on election day they won't know how that they should uh they should defraud the rest of the people. Look up, look down. Welcome to the audience. So glad you're covering the runoff. I haven't had time to research those running. Well, look up, look down. First of all, a welcome on into Mr. CTV chat rooms. Everyone else will make you feel nice and comfy. I am most definitely sure. Now, to be sure, guys, we're not going to be covering as far as the runoffs goes. We're not going to be covering all of the district senators and representatives. Okay. Now here's the reason why. Here's the reason why. Because I and my audience came to agreement a long time ago. I will bring you the big, the big information, but it is up to you to research your state or your federal district representative on your own. Because think about the size of the runoffs in Texas, right? Huge. We had like 30-plus competitions for the runoffs, I'm going to bring you the AG, I'm going to bring you the Railroad Commissioner, and I'm going to bring you the Texas Land Commissioner. Those are the most important to discuss, right? Particularly your AG, which I'm not worried about. I'm pretty sure Paxton is going to do well, and no one is going to allow another Bush into office, ladies and gentlemen, unless it's outright stolen, right? Okay? And then, of course, our Railroad Commissioner. The Railroad Commissioner, guys, is a toss-up. It's a toss-up. I'm just going to say it right here and now. It is a toss-up, okay? A huge toss-up. When it comes to the Railroad Commissioner, we have to decide whether or not we want to decide between a rhino corrupt and crooked commissioner or a leftist disguise as a conservative. There's no telling what this woman is going to do individual. And we'll talk about that a little bit later. And then when it comes to the case of the Texas land commissioner, well, guys, that's a toughie that's a toughie. We have a Trump-endorsed Don Buckingham of Lake Way, Texas, who has served as a senator for X amount years, and we have a fiery, a fiery uh, political socialite who has been uh, involved in a lot of Texas politics on the periphery from here in the city of San Antonio. Who are you going to vote for? I don't know, guys, it's going to be a pretty tight one, but that's what we'll be covering today. I cannot go over all your district and your your senators or guys that, you know, I will bring you the big stuff, but you, that is your responsibility. Okay, now, I don't know how many of you Texans out there voted in the um, elections on the 7th, right? That happened. Uh, That was an interesting vote, but nonetheless, we had ourselves out there. Where's my I voted sticker? (laughs) Managed to do that. Hey, oh, 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 Tam Girl, thank you for uh, gifting the can. I think I can. I think I can throw a can at Mr. C. (laughs) Thank you so much. Much appreciated. Much appreciated. Um I think that Trump was giving us calms when he was in Pennsylvania. Hmm calms about hmm what you think about hmm awakened mom very interesting uh says wow a heavy thunderstorm just rolled in here in maryland watching it from inside my garage oh you're over there on the east coast miss awakened mom well miss awakened mom in case you missed last night no no in case you missed friday night's episode of the sea report We were actually talking about Reggie, Awakened Mom, and no disrespect, you know, Reggie, the regional um, greenhouse gas initiative that would um, count every fart that you pass, no disrespect, (laughs) and charge you for it. Yeah, we talked about that on Friday. It was a pretty good show on Friday. Friday, it was a fiery show on Friday. If any of you guys missed Friday's show, I would urge you to catch the replay over at the Foxhole or over at Rumble or over at Clout Hub. Give it a gander, especially if you are involved on the mid-Atlantic or eastern seaboard states of this country. We talked about, Reggie, the Regional Greenhouse Gas Initiative. We also talked about a bunch of other interesting things, like uh, how many of you guys here are fans of President Bolsonaro of um, Brazil? Raise your hand if you are a fan of President Bolsonaro of Brazil. I am a huge fan, right? My hand goes right off screen. We, uh, we covered a story about how the CIA is threatening him because he keeps on undermining the rigged elections of Brazil. Now, they have their, their elections in October ladies and gentlemen in brazil so that's something we will be watching okay we did not forget about our friends down in brazil ladies and gentlemen we did not forget at all rhinos just are not as good at cheating as the democrat commies you'd be surprised mr spock you would be surprised i don't know i think that those rhinos are just as good I'm hoping that McCormick and Oz get caught red-handed, but I think that I think that the Rhinos are better than the Democrats because I think the Rhinos control the Democrats. <laughs> I think the Rhinos are the next level up, you know what I mean? And the Democrats are the ones who are just put out in the forefront because who's going to save this country? Leftist progressive Democrats or conservative patriotic America first individuals who believe that the Republicans are actually working for them and with them? Hmm? Yeah, when it comes down to it, rhinos are far more dangerous than any Democrat on the field. Ladies and gentlemen, here we go. Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, Rhino Alert, and that's for the entire Republican Party. Whether that's in the Capitol Hill area of this matter or whether that's in the state house for whatever one of these 50 United States in this union are residing in, rhinos are far more dangerous than any Democrat that you will ever come across. Ladies and gentlemen, all right, guys. Let's see here. Uh, Aurelius Locke says, "Yep, been busy with Arkansas lately. Voted yesterday. All right, you know. Well, you know, you have. Uh, well, I guess early voting ended on Friday. Is that it, um, Aurelius Locke? Because your uh, your election days on Tuesday. We'll pay attention to that." Well, I don't I you know I don't know a whole lot about what's going on. We'll 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 dig into that before Tuesday, Mr. Aurelius Locke. Uh Awaken Mom says, Mr. C, that's bullshit. <laughs> I like the way you started off that comment. My mom was a chief judge for my entire childhood. They were not able to count mail in ballots until polls opened isn 't it so right? and yet in you were I think you were there right you were there on Friday or Thursday. I think we covered actually actually awakened mom. We covered Jocelyn Benson on Thursday and her wanting to count the ballots early. Yeah, it is BS. You're right, Awaken Mom. She's like, we need to count these absentee ballots early because it gives enough time for conservatives to make up conspiracy theories between the time that, you know, Dr. Oz's uh, election contest ends and they actually turn in the count a week later. Awaken Mom, you're right. Your mama was right, Awaken Mom. It is bullshit. (laughs) Yo, yo mama is right awaken mom. It is absolute bullshit. All right, guys. Well, we're here to present to you guys another episode of Lone Star News. We'll get better about bringing this back into the forefront. I cannot ignore. I cannot deny. I cannot neglect my own backyard nor can I ignore or neglect my fellow Texans, ladies and gentlemen. And so that's what Lone Star News is all about. We're just here to talk to you about Texas, so if you have any Texas kinfolk, and if you have any Texas friends and family, make sure you invite them on over to uh, Lone Star News with myself, Mr. C, over here at foxhole.app, and uh, you know what, we're also over at Rumble and Clout Hub, so uh, let's dig in. Oh, oh, what is this? What is going on here? (laughs) There we go! (laughs) That's... That is the image I was expecting to see. Now, as you guys can see, Texans are not the only individuals who have five-gallon cowboy hats, okay? (laughs) I would say uh, President Trump does as well. President Trump seems to have a white hat on, but of course, you could probably interpret that as a beige hat or maybe a mother-of-pearl hat, okay? (laughs) Okay. I thought about wearing my hat as well, my cowboy hat, but you know, I was actually going to wear my, uh, my president Trump baseball cap, but like the lighting just, it doesn't work. You know what I mean? Like I'd be like all shade here. So anyways, guys, welcome to Texas, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to spill into a little bit of some Texas news and we are most definitely going to be getting into some of the primary races. We're going to talk about the primary, primary runoff races today, like I said. There are so many districts that went into runoff, like so many districts. We're talking about like 10 districts have gone into runoff. I cannot track all of them for you. I expect that any one person who is concerned and who follows the races or the voting in their own personal district will do just that. And that's an agreement I had with my voters, with my voters, whoops, I'm not running for election, with my audience, okay? <laughs> and that was that we'll talk elections, we'll talk primaries, runoffs, et cetera, but it is up to you to research the two or three contenders in your district that you will be voting on, and I most definitely hope that you have done so. I mean, there were a lot of articles out there like on um, representatives in their own words about abortion, representatives in their own words about like voting integrity, but we're doing what we can, ladies and gentlemen, we're doing what we can in the amount of time that we have. So, Uh, The first story that we have for you guys today in regards to Texas news is that apparently it has been ruled that Texas can indeed bar social media platform censorship. Now, this is a story that has been here and there and hither and thither. Uh, for quite some time, I mean, I think we're talking about nearly on a year here, y'all. From the first time that A.G. Paxton and Governor Abbott, <clears throat> that Governor Abbott um, decided to um, abide by and or agree with and or sign the law that said that we as Texans have the ability to basically seek some sort of recompense against individuals like Facebook or Instagram, or Twitter, or Go Ogle, and uh, who would be included with Go Ogle? Suzanne Tube, right? Suzanne Tube would be included with Go Ogle, and and then, of course, they, they received an injunction or a stay against the ruling, but now it seems that it is moving forward. Let's see what this article has to say. It's popping up to us out of the Epoch Times. Texas law regulating social media platforms is back in effect after court ruling. Good news, ladies and gentlemen. Texas can bar social media platforms from censoring users based on their political views, a federal appeals court ruled on May 11th. The Fifth United States Circuit Court of Appeals panel reversed a district judge's decision that blocked Texas from enforcing a law that bars platforms from censoring a user based on their viewpoint or location. The panel did not explain its decision. The panel consisted of Judges Edith Jones, a Reagan appointee, Reagan appointee, Leslie Southwick, a George W. I accidentally invaded the country of Iraq, a Bush appointee, and Andrew Oldman, Oldham, a Trump appointee. Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton cheered the development. Uh, let's see here. Um, Paxton said, my office just secured another big win against big tech, adding that the court made the right call here. The law, House Bill number 20, is now back in effect. Plaintiffs said they would appeal while decrying the lack of an explanation from the court. Because HB 20 is constitutionally rotten, says Carl Zabo, vice president and general counsel of some organization called NetChoice. He says, we are weighing our options and plan to appeal the order immediately. The group represents a number of large technology companies, including Twitter, GoOgle, and Amazon. The bill says that each person in Texas has a fundamental interest in the free exchange of ideas and information, and the state has a fundamental interest in protecting that free exchange which i i think we all would totally agree with right ladies and gentlemen it forces social media platforms to disclose how they manage content oh all right well you know what we don't need elon musk for that if texas will take care of it right and it also includes how they moderate their content To publish a biannual transparency report and to bar platforms from censoring users based on their viewpoint or their geographic location. Oh, but I thought that the geographic location was not reliable based on what uh, computers and telephones do these days. I guess there's another hit against... These individuals that think geo-tracking, geofencing, and geolocation is a nothing burger. The law only applies to platforms that have more than 50 million active users in the United States in a month. So you know, guys, the C report would not be able to uh oh wait, platforms, okay, not 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 accounts. Okay, okay. All right, so I can breathe a little bit easy here. As long as Twitter maintains at least 50 million active users, the C-Report can complain. Uh, fortunately, though, or maybe I don't know how that would work, uh, uh, we're, just not, um, we're just not a big enough of a threat here at the C-Report, and that's all fine and well. Texas Governor Greg Abbott, a Republican, signed the bill into law in September of 2021. That's right. We are approaching a year. United States District Judge Robert Pittman, an Obama appointee, blocked it about three months later. Not three months after September, guys. So for Christmas, we're already fighting for our rights in Texas. NetChoice has sued arguing the law unlawfully prevented big tech companies from exercising editorial discretion over their privately owned websites. Wait, 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 wait. NetChoice um okay guys, do you think like this rings this rings out to me here guys that if NetChoice is going to argue that big tech cannot exercise their editorial discretion that that effectively means that net choice acknowledges and realizes and recognizes that these big tech companies are in fact not open social media platforms for the public conversation but they're in fact editorial news or uh uh, um uh um uh those types of platforms isn't that isn't 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 that not what it is that if you edit your content then you are effectively not an open public social platform wherein you do not have the protection of section 230 of the ndaa or whatever it was that passed that bill so it seems to me that net choice is arguing against their cause and is admitting that these guys are in fact editorial And that they are, in fact, publishers. They're not social media platforms as an open forum, but publishers. I mean, publishers edit. I should know. Right, ladies and gentlemen? Publishers edit. And uh, open forums are not editors of their content. Net choice. It seems like you're not making the best choice for your argument here. Pittman agreed, finding that the laws prohibit on censorship violated the first amendment so laws that prohibit censorship violate first amendment obama appointee judge robert pittman you are a contradiction in terms did did you see that pittman finds that laws that prohibit censorship violate the first amendment (laughs) get out of town robert pittman The First Amendment is not to be censored. (laughs) That is interesting. That is quite... I don't see how they're going to win this appeal with those types of arguments. Do you guys... If you guys can think of a way that Robert Pittman and NetChoice are going to win this appeal based on those type of arguments against censorship... Against the First Amendment and for censorship... It makes no sense. God, it's a, that is just, that's a laughing matter more than it is (laughs) anything else. Lawyers for the state told the appeals court panel in a recent hearing that social media platforms control the modern day public square, but they abusively suppress free speech in that square. A similar law in Florida remains partially blocked after... United States District Judge Robert Hinkle, a Clinton appointee, ruled in 2021 that such provisions violated the United States Constitution. So, it violates the United States Constitution for a private company to censor... Uh, to not be able to censor people on their platform, even though they claim to be an open forum and not a publisher, which grants them protection from Section 230. It makes no sense. May common sense reign, ladies and gentlemen, in this case. May common sense reign, because that's what we need right now more than anything else, ladies and gentlemen. We need that more than anything else. Hey, Sean Joe, what's going on, buddy? Thank you for gifting the cookie. Much appreciated. Uh, and good to see you again. That's right. They are publishers indeed. Aurelius Locke. And only if they get another commie judge, says Mr. Spock, will this violation of the First Amendment reign, well, you know, um, aside from the ruling that our judge here in the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals that reverse that uh, ruling, not only is that individual standing for uh, well, actually, it was a panel of judges. Let's see. It was Judge Edith Jones, Judge Leslie Southwick, and Judge Andrew Oldman that stood up for the First Amendment and reversed this ruling by this Obama appointee. What was this Obama's appointee name again? This backwards, no nothing judge, a communist judge. What was what was your name again, Judge? Your name was uh, Robert Pittman, right? Well, you know, they're using a lot more here, guys, than just the ruling of those three judges on that panel. We are seeking the knowledge and we are seeking the wisdom of Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas, ladies and gentlemen. And might I add here just one more time, ladies and gentlemen that after every single judge on the Supreme Court justice bench are removed, I would say that Clarence Thomas will be the only one justice remaining, okay? Now, I can't tell you a whole lot about Scotusgate, ladies and gentlemen, but what I can tell you is that I believe Supreme Court Justice Thomas will be the last standing justice on that bench now, the rest of that, ladies and gentlemen, is just going to be half to be wrapped up in anticipation and suspense, and perhaps we'll talk about that at a future date we 'll talk about Scotus Gate after we get through Obama gate, okay. <laughs> Because Obamagate, Spygate is going to come home to roost with the Durham trials, ladies and gentlemen. As I said, where it comes to Durham and his trials, we are just about done with Act 1. We're about to get into Act 2, and after Act 3, we'll get into SCOTUSgate, right? But uh, Clarence Thomas, my buddy, my man, my bro, all right, dude, we'll we'll be hanging with you, not hanging against you. So here's this article, Texas cites Clarence Thomas to defend its social media law. Eat your heart out, Judge Robert Pittman, right? Okay, let's see what it's got to say. With tech groups asking the United States Supreme Court to block the new Texas law against social media censorship, The state's defense relies in part on an opinion issued last year by Justice Clarence Thomas in a case involving Donald Trump and Twitter. This story originally appeared on Ars Technica, a trusted source for technology news, tech policy analysis, reviews, and more. Ars is owned by Wired's parent company, Condé Nast. Thomas Opinion, as we wrote at the time, criticized the Section 230 legal protections given to online platforms moderation decisions and argued that free speech law should not necessarily prevent lawmakers from regulating those platforms as common carriers. In many ways, Thomas wrote, digital platforms that hold themselves out to the public resemble traditional common carriers. Though digital instead of physical, they are at bottom communications networks and they carry information from one user to another. A traditional telephone company laid physical wires to create a network connecting people. Digital platforms lay information infrastructure that can be controlled in much the same way. The the similarity between online platforms and common carriers, as Thomas wrote, is even clearer for digital platforms that have dominant market share. The April 2021 opinion had no immediate practical impact. It was a concurring opinion in a case in which the Supreme Court vacated a 2019 appeals court ruling that said then-President Donald Trump violated First Amendments by blocking people on Twitter. The court declared the case moot because Trump was no longer president. But Thomas's opinion raised eyebrows at the time and it was cited Wednesday in the Texas response to Big Tech's attempt to block a state law that prohibits social media companies from moderating content based on a user's viewpoint. With help from the Thomas Opinion, Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton argued that Texas can regulate social media platforms as common carriers. Texas law declares the platforms are common carriers. Even if the hosting rule implicated the plaintiff's First Amendment rights in some ways, the attorney general is still likely to prevail because Texas law declares the platforms are common carriers. The state may therefore properly limit the platform's ability to discriminate among their customers, Paxton argued. Pointing to historical examples of telegraphs, telephones, and cable operators, Paxton told the Supreme Court that Texas has a compelling has has as compelling an interest in preserving its residents' ability to communicate and receive information on the platforms as states had regarding these previous generations of communications technology. There is little doubt that platforms resemble historical communications provider common carriers sufficiently to justify. The continued application of these principles, as Justice Thomas has explained, Paxton wrote, um, whether uh, uh, Paxton wrote referring to Thomas' concurring opinion in the Trump case, on the question of whether the platforms possess market power, Paxton cited Thomas again while writing that several jurists have suggested that they believe the platforms wield such power Paxton also quoted Thomas' statement that the social networks have become dominant digital platforms. Texas also cited Thomas' concurring opinion earlier in the litigation when filing briefs in lower courts. Texas-Florida laws blocked on First Amendment grounds that despite Thomas' views, courts have ruled that the First Amendment does not prohibit websites from restricting free speech on the platforms. Even after Thomas issued his opinion, the Texas law and a similar one in Florida were blocked by federal judges who ruled that the laws violate social media companies' First Amendment right to moderate user content. Additionally, Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act... Explicitly says online platforms shall not be held liable for restricting access to content. The platforms consider objectionable whether or not such material is constitutionally protected. Although the Texas law was originally blocked by U.S. District Court judge on First Amendment grounds, it was revived last week by the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Fifth Circuit. The Fifth Circuit judges issued a one-sentence order that did not explain their reason for staying the preliminary injunction. Big tech groups then asked the Supreme Court to reinstate the injunction to prevent Texas from enforcing the law while litigation continues. What an interesting story that, don't you think, ladies and gentlemen? Here we thought that I guess Florida's law would have... Actually, Florida's law does have a lot more bite than the texas law does but at least under texas it would set a precedence now this article was published on may 21st that's right that is uh sorry uh it seems that wired is trying to get me to um subscribe to them anyhow um yeah that's right this article was submitted on the 21st that is yesterday ladies and gentlemen so that's pretty fresh that is pretty fresh, guys, um, as far as this goes. So we'll keep up with uh, what is going on here in this case as far as uh, Texas law is concerned. And uh, we'll most definitely be bringing that to you guys. Oh, Aurelius Locke, Tam Growl, get your minds out of the gutter, ladies, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> You guys are talking about elongate like it's going to save your life, right? All eight inches of it or what? Okay, let's (laughs) let's move on, ladies and gentlemen. Here's our next story for the day. This one's an interesting one. This one's an interesting one. When it comes to teachers being able to arm and guard themselves in the classrooms... It appears that in the state of Texas, a San Antonio area independent school district has ruled that teachers can, in fact, bring their guns to the classroom. Ladies and gentlemen, I love this little illustration right here, even though clearly those are Asian students. If you can see past the blurries. (laughs) (coughs) Ladies and gentlemen. San Antonio Area School District to allow armed teachers for classroom defense. Yes, ladies and gentlemen. Let us go ahead and give a round of applause to San Antonio Area School District teachers. Okay. Okay. So uh, let's see. Where's the story coming from? The story's coming out of Breitbart. Let's see what it has to say. It goes on this way. San Antonio area Lavernia Independent School District voted this week to allow armed teachers for classroom defense under Texas's uh, guardian program. (laughs) I don't know what this is. Texas's W.S.E.D.D.S.D.W.S.W. Guardian program. (laughs) The Texas Association of School Boards set forth the guardian program. Under the authority of the federal GFSA and the Texas Penal Code, school districts can grant written permission for anyone, including designated employees, to carry firearms on campus. That is 18 USC subsection 922Q2BV and Texas Penal Code subsection 46.03A1A An individual authorized by the district in writing to carry a firearm on school premises is not carrying the firearm pursuant to the individual's handgun license, but rather pursuant to the written authority granted under Section 4603 Texas Attorney General OPNOGA-10501-2014. KENS 5 quoted Lavernia's Independent School District Safety and Security Director Dr. Michael Duffek as saying, The program ARMS qualified staff members to carry a concealed firearm on their person to protect staff and students in the event of an active shooter. KSAT notes that that's that's New San Antonio, right? They're all frickin lefties over there. They noted that teachers who want to carry must meet the following requirements. 20 hours of classroom training, 20 hours at a firing range, pass an annual psychological exam, already have a license to carry and submit to a random drug test. Jason Brythopt, a Lavernia parent, spoke in support of the Guardian program saying, it just seems like the bad guys get in every time with their guns. So if somebody can be there ready to go to protect my child, I am all for it. Fox News observes that in addition to the Guardian program, Texas schools can also have one school marshal per, per per 400 students who can carry a firearm. Now that's pretty cool guys. That's a short and simple out of the state of Texas. And indeed Tamgrowl, I don't know where your mind is today, honey. <laughs> But indeed, ladies and gentlemen, uh maybe other states should take note of what it is we can do here. Ooh, that's hot in the state of Texas. Sorry, I got some I got some hot sauce right next to me, guys. Oh, some hot sauce, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. So pretty good guys, pretty good guys. Um it's good to know that these things are actually uh It's taking a hold, guys. It's taking a hold, even though San Antonio is a highly liberal city. I get Lavernia is not in San Antonio proper, but hmm, I'll take it as close as I can get it. Ladies and gentlemen, I'll take it as close as I can get it. All right, here we go. This is the moment that most of you all have been waiting for who are joining us in our audience today. Welcome, welcome, welcome. If you're joining us live over at hill.net foxhole.app welcome ladies and gentlemen i hope you are texas kinfolk family and friends and that you are enjoying the show why don't you pop on up and say hello if not uh, if you're joining us over at rumble or you're joining us over at clout hub or at twitch good evening good evening Make sure that you uh, like and follow this uh, show here over at Mr. CTV. Give us a follow, give us a subscribe, give us a thumbs up, give us a like. And if you want to get in on the conversation, then head on over to the foxhole.app or pill.net. You will get yourself set up with a free account. You'll get yourself surrounded by some very warm and lively patriots from throughout these United States of America. And uh, you know what? You'll join in on this conversation, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, it is spicy, Aurelius. It is spicy. Anyhow, uh, it's time to talk about the Texas primary runoffs. We're going to be focusing on about three of the major runoffs happening this Tuesday. That's right. Tuesday, May 24th, guys. Now, let it be known, let it be written, and let it be understood. I, here at the C-Report, At Lone Star News, at Mr. CTV, believe in voting on election day. Okay, election day. So, if you're looking for any type of cheat sheets or notes on your elections or your runoffs, whether it is general or whether it is local, you're not going to get it from myself, Mr. C, here at Mr. CTV a week or two in advance. You're going to have to wait until about a day or two Prior to election day. And that is my insurance to ensure that my audience is voting on election day. Cause that's what I believe in a hundred percent. Ever since I started voting, guys, I have always voted on election day. And I gotta say, right out and at the front of things, guys, I have not voted my whole life. I come from an apolitical family. I come from a family that just did not participate in any type of government or national or anything, guys. So, you know, I got I got started rather rate rather late. Not rather late. We're not having Chinese food today. I got started rather late in life when it came to my political livelihood. But uh, no, election day. Every time I voted since I started voting has always been on election day, and I strongly believe. And I strongly um, um, advise that that is the course that we should take. We don't need to give them a heads up, the bad guys, by voting on what? Early election voting? I get it. I get it. Sometimes it's hard to get to vote on election day. Sometimes life comes up. But you know what? We get our schedule for voting on January 1st, okay? So... There's no excuse in my mind. There's no excuse. No excuse whatsoever. The only excuse that we can make is that they have not made election day as a national holiday, which they should, right? They should make election day a national holiday. Ah! Tam Growl! (laughs) You behave yourself, lady. Okay, (laughs) I did not say, I said rate, right, not late. I did not say, I said election, okay? <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Tam Growl and Aurelius Locke, right? I happen to know Arkansas passes through Oklahoma, so you guys must be in cahoots today, okay? <laughs> I did not say erection day, and I did not say erection integrity. Okay, I got nothing to say about erection integrity. All right, I got plenty of integrity over here, ladies and gentlemen. In that regards, on both sides of the coin. Okay, all right, all right. That is, that's about as, uh, that's about as dirty as we're gonna get here for today. Okay, <laughs> you guys are crazy, you guys are mad. Okay. <laughs> You guys are mad. All right. Okay. Let's, <laughs> I can't even imagine what you guys are thinking right now. Uh Tim Bajit said, I made Chinese food last night. specifically Sichuan <laughs> stir fly. Uh, uh, Sichuan stir fly and smoked teralaki chicken and habanello peppers. <laughs> So maybe last night TimberJet was talking about Erection Day, but not today, ladies and gentlemen. Not today. <laughs> oh, okay. Awaken mom. Awaken mom. She's going to set you straight, guys. Mom, oh, mom's going to do the job. Mom says, what? Wake up, you family. Please stop talking about Erection Day. <laughs> We are at a precipice. I made my kids vote. I said one day you won't be able to. A hundred (laughs) percent. Okay. Mr. Buck says the ladies have gone wild today. Thank you, Awaken Mom, for, for pulling out the for pulling out the ruler there and slapping them on there. You slapped them on their hands, Awaken Mom. Okay, they're misbehaving right now. Okay, hold on, guys. I need to reset my clock, so uh, let me uh, do that real quick. Here, t- t- talk about the Texas elections for just a minute. <sighs> What's up ladies and gentlemen, it's Mr. C from The C Report and I'm stopping in for just a sec to encourage you guys to head over to thecereport.com. At TheSeaReport.com, you can get more information on The Sea Report, check out episode resources, follow our blog and get new articles every week, join our mailing list, and stay abreast on the latest news and information. That's right, head on over to TheSeaReport.com, that's www.TheSeaReport.com, and be sure to follow us on our social medias, Truth Social, Rumble, Twitch, Clout Hub, and Pilt.net. So that you can catch the podcast of today's episode there live. We actually just got... uh, I I keep saying we. If I say it's we, it's because I'm a twin. It's not because I have a whole bunch of people working behind the scenes, ladies and gentlemen, just to reassure you. Uh, But I actually got uh, episode 306 of um, the Sea Report live yesterday. No, today. Today. On our Anchor.fm podcast podcast. Man, I tell you what, Friday's episode, guys, I had to go back and look at it, and I was like, dang, I don't know what people are going to be talking about with this episode, but I hope it's good stuff, and I'm pretty sure it will be. Either way, guys, it's time to get into our uh, our primary runoffs for the 24th t-minus two days and there we are ladies and gentlemen let's see what's on the menu oh if it weren't the this bunch of gentlemen here well maybe two of them are gentle maybe two of them are men and one of them is just the uh, grandchild of a pedophile and a nazi that's right we're talking about the texas attorney general runoff featuring one Ken Paxton and one George Baby Parker... uh wait, 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 Preston... Prescott. George Baby Parker Prescott, Nazi Bush. That is... That's right, guys. The guy, he's all gums, right? He's all gums. That is Georgie Prescott Bush. Ladies and gentlemen, now, Georgie Prescott Bush decided that he wanted to go ahead and run for Texas Attorney General because he's already had two pretty good terms as Texas Land Commissioner, inviting the Chinese to buy up Texas land and other strategic areas of our state. And no one's called him out for it except for Sarah Stogner, who incidentally has put her foot in her mouth many times. And we'll get to that in just a minute, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, it's her fault, guys. I was ready to be 100% open-minded and fair, but, uh, well, Sarah Stogner, well, she can just, uh, bite it. Anyways, let's talk about Paxton and, uh, pedo-nazi-grandbaby Georgie Bush, right, ladies and gentlemen? Now, at the onset, ladies and gentlemen, it seemed that, at least in the eyes of little George-nazi-baby-pedo-baby-grandbaby Bush that uh, President Trump was going to endorse Georgie P. Bush, ladies and gentlemen. It's just, you know, Georgie was like, uh, he was like, President Trump's going to endorse me because I'm Georgie P. Bush, right? Um, And he, you know, I love to tell this story. I love to tell this story. Little Gums Bush, right? (laughs) When he smiles, he's all gums, just like his father. It's weird. Uh that's Jeb Bush, right? Who would vote for anyone that comes out of Jeb Bush's loins, right? I wouldn't. <laughs> Who would vote for Jebs Bush's loins to begin with? Loins to begin with. Anyways, so Georgie P. Bush, well ahead of the endorsement for AG starts passing out all these koozies, right? He's like, first of all, Texans love beer, right? Second of all, Texans love Trump, right? Third of all, Texans are still confused about Bush in the grand scheme of things. Of course, Georgie P. Bush, the son, the grandson of the Nazi pedophile, and the, well, the, the great-grandson of the Nazi and the grandson of the pedophile, right? Um, um, he, he's still thinking that, uh, you know, most Republicans are rhinos, just like he and the rest of the Texas House legislature, Senate or representative, right? And he's probably right. So he's like, I'm going to pass out some of these beer koozies with Trump's name on it that says that Trump just adores the grandson of a pedophile and the great grandson of a Nazi, right? Well, he, uh, George P. Bush had to like effectively just d- throw away his thousands and thousands of koozies and urge all of the people who had accepted them up to that point to throw them away because president Trump done endorsed attorney general Ken Paxton now. There are a lot of people who can complain about Ken Paxton. There are a lot of people who can say this and that about Ken Paxton. There are a lot of people who can call Ken Paxton a rhino. And to them, I would say, well, you know what? You're wrong. Uh, No, you know. You can complain about Ken Paxton if you want. You can say that Ken Paxton is crooked and Ken Paxton has done this and that and Ken Paxton, blah, 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 blah. The point of the matter is that several people have tried to take down Ken Paxton, including former chief members of his staff, right? And former heads of his administrative office. But they've all been proven wrong, They've all been put down. They've all been proven that their stories are false. Not one story against Ken Paxton has held water to this day. And uh, Mr. Paxton is still facing opposition to this point. Ladies and gentlemen, let's take a general look at what's going on in the AG race. Uh, This article says Trump endorsed Ken Paxton is up by 27 points in Texas Attorney General Republican primary. What's it got to say? It says uh, Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton has a 27 point lead in the Texas Attorney General Republican primary runoff election. According to a recent poll, Paxton is polling at 58 percent compared to a Texas Land Commissioner George P.W. Push poll that puts him at 31 percent. The Texas GOP Attorney General primary headed towards a runoff election between Paxton and Bush after Paxton failed to reach the 50% threshold necessary to avoid a runoff election. In March, Paxton earned 42.7% of the vote while push while push while Bush came in second place with 22.2%. Let's not forget you also had Eva Guzman, the former Texas Supreme Court, running against Ken Paxton. And uh, there was one other person in that race I don't quite remember. So that really split the vote there, guys. Now, Paxton has served as the state's attorney general since 2015 and has the support of President Donald Trump. Bush is the son of Florida governor and failed presidential candidate, all gums, Jeb Bush. Bush unsuccessfully courted Trump for his endorsement, but the former president, according to Breitbart, ultimately threw his support behind Paxton, who led the election integrity battle during the 2020 election season, when he sued four battleground states. It is going to take a patriot like Ken Paxton to advance America First policies in order to make America great again. So saith President Trump in his endorsement. Ken has my complete and total endorsement for another term as Attorney General of Texas. He is a true Texan who will keep Texas safe and will never let you down. Defend Texas Liberty Pack surveyed 992 likely primary runoff voters from may 4th to may 10th the poll has a margin of error of 3.11 percent the runoff election will happen this tuesday may 4th ladies and gentlemen what you guys thinking about that huh I hope a lot of you guys are on your way to the voting booths on that day. Now, as I mentioned, uh, Attorney General Ken Paxton is facing many challenges, and not just from the grandson of a pedophile and the great-grandson of a Nazi. The state bar has been coming after Ken Paxton for quite some time. I think this is probably their third go-round with Ken Paxton trying to disball him. That's right, Aurelius Locke and Tam Growl. I said disball him, ladies and gentlemen, from his um, a certification of litigation there in the state of Texas. Let's see what this uh, article has to say. It says Texas state bar to sue Attorney General Paxton for challenging the 2020 election. Oh, oh, now just like every other rhino in the house and just like every progressive self-avowed socialist communist there is in Capitol Hill or in the state houses, they're trying to, again, what? They're trying to affect and to... Uh, disable the um, campaign of individuals who stood against the certification of an illegitimate regime in 2020 and who stood up for election integrity by challenging the 2020 election. All right. It seems like they're still at it, guys. And now we have a state le- uh, lawyers agency uh, certif- certification board who's going against Paxton. Paxton. It says here, Paxton called the Texas bar a liberal activist group. Aha, uh-huh. hear, here, Ken Paxton, saying the suit is politically motivated. After Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton led the legal challenge to the 2020 presidential election, the Texas state bar is suing him for professional misconduct. In December of 2020, following the presidential election filled with concerns about election integrity, Paxton led 18 states in filing Texas versus Pennsylvania. I'm pretty sure it was more than 18 states. I'm pretty sure we were north of 20. We were almost at half, ladies and gentlemen, anyways. Um Paxton led 18 states in filing Texas versus Pennsylvania at the United States Supreme Court. The case challenged the voting procedure in Pennsylvania, Georgia, Michigan, and Wisconsin and sought to temporarily block those states from certifying vote counts ahead of the Electoral College vote on December 14th. The Supreme Court eventually dismissed the case saying Texas had a lack of standing to bring the lawsuit. Now, the Texas State Bar, the professional organization that certifies lawyers, is suing Paxton for having filed the suit, calling it frivolous. They're doing exactly what Dominion is trying to do to Sidney Powell and Mike Lindell and Rudy Giuliani. Paxton, who is currently in a runoff election against George P. Bush, says the suit is politically motivated. He says, I have recently learned that the Texas State Bar, which has been waging a months-long witch hunt against me, now plans to sue me and my top deputy for filing Texas v. Pennsylvania, the historic challenge, the unconstitutional 2020 presidential election joined by nearly half of all the states and over a hundred members of Congress. Damn it! I love this man, Ken Paxton. You better be voting for Ken Paxton on the 24th, and if you early voted, you better have voted for this man, okay? Don't you tell me you voted for George P. Bush. I know nobody in my audience would ever vote for a Bush again in their lifetime, or the next lifetime, or the previous lifetime, but still... Right now, as of today, A.G. Ken Paxton is still using the verbiage. He's still using the lingo. He is still saying that the 2020 election was unconstitutional and it was joined by nearly half. I'm telling you, it was more than 18. It was like 21 or 22 states, not 18. 21, 22, maybe 23 states signed on to this lawsuit, including over 100 members of Congress. Paxton says, I stand by this lawsuit completely. Governor Abbott, eh, Lieutenant Governor Gan, G- Governor Dan Patrick, eh, and the Texas GOP, eh, and even the Fifth Circuit, have all condemned the bar for its bias. Actually, you know, I take back all those eh, and I say, good, that they're all standing behind Paxton, right? Um, now, with this New Line cross-filing lawsuit and dragging my staff into it, all conveniently timed a week before early voting in my runoff election. I am certain that the bar will not only lose, but be fully exposed for what they are. A liberal activist group masquerading as a neutral professional association. Texas Bar... Paxton calls them out. Texas Bar, I will see you and the leftists that control you in court. Hell yeah, Paxton. Paxton says, I will see you and the leftists that control you in court. And I will never let you bully me, my staff, or the Texans I represent into backing down or going soft, Aurelius Locke and Tam Growl on defending the rule of law, something for which you have little knowledge. Hell yeah! Hell yeah! Paxton lays it down. Shortly after news of the lawsuit was released, Paxton announced his own investigation of the Texas Bar Foundation for donating taxpayer dollars to organizations that help help facilitate illegal immigration on the southern border after United States Representative Troy Nels brought the issue to his attention. Unfortunately, at the very time that our state is facing an unprecedented border crisis and our brave men and women are serving Texas in Operation Lone Star, it appears that the liberal state bar handpicked cronies are misusing charitable funds to make the situation even worse, says Paxton. He says, I will not let this illegal behavior continue any further. Ken Paxton, I need a picture of Ken Paxton. Do I have one? Ah, it's not Ken Paxton. Get off my screen. Get off off my screen, you little... Twerp? Okay. So, <laughs> um ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen. Okay, Mr. Spock. First of all, that's a nothing issue. Everyone knows that President Trump drinks Diet Coke, okay? Nobody cares, all right? <laughs> Nobody cares. All right, Paxton, I sees you, my friend. I seize you, my man. There is Ken Paxton. <laughs> hey, I'm sorry they used this photo of him, guys, but that is Ken Paxton. That is... <laughs> I need to get this picture off the screen. He might look intoxicated. He might not look like he knows what he's doing. But Paxton knows, ladies and gentlemen. Paxton knows. And I stand by this man i am not telling you guys that you should vote for this man either (laughs) that's a terrible picture you That's a terrible picture of Ken Paxton. I'm not saying that you should vote for this man, but I am, okay? Do you want to vote for Paxton or do you want to vote for the guy who is the grandson of a pedophile and the great-grandson of a Nazi who does the perfect imitation of Hillary Clinton at the DNC National Convention when they voted for her nomination? There, there's balloons up there, Ken Paxton, there, Ken Paxton, there's balloons up there. Well, that's what we have to say to this. Derp baby Bush son of Jeb thinks he knows better than Ken Paxton, right? Derp baby Bush son of Jeb. He's like, look at the balloons, ladies and gentlemen. Look at the balloons. (laughs) He's like, I'm just like Hillary Clinton derp, ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen. Okay. Here's some trash on uh, baby Bush, right? Uh George P. bush raised two point three million dollars ahead of his runoff that's right this Tuesday with two term Texas attorney General Ken Paxton. he raised two million dollars from March second until this past Saturday. Oh let's see this story from um the story from the m s m Says, this story has been updated to reflect the Republican Attorneys General Association PAC gave $500,000 to Attorney General Ken Paxton's re-election campaign. Some numbers reflecting donations to Texans for Eva Guzman have been updated. Okay. Now, here's an interesting turn of events as far as that goes. Now, we are talking about all the people who are running for Attorney General. And it was uh, Ken Paxton, Little Baby Bush, and, and Eva Guzman. Eva Guzman, who was a, who is a former Texas Supreme Court justice, left her position on the bench in order to run against Ken Paxton. What does that tell you about the Texas Supreme Court, ladies and gentlemen? What does that tell you about the Texas Supreme Court, right? Yeah, it says a lot. Anyways, the article says, Baby Bush who is leaving his land commissioner post to challenge Paxton for the GOP nomination for attorney general will face Paxton again after neither garnered a majority of the votes cast on the Republican primary day of March 1st. Now it says from July to December, Paxton raised. Oh, 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 this is actually an important, this is actually an important, uh, an important paragraph. Paxton led the primary with 42.7. Baby Bush received 22.8%. The remaining 34% went to representative Louis Gomert and Eva Guzman. Ah, so that's the fourth that's the fourth mongrel in this race, Louis Gomert. Now, I'm going to take just a minute or two to talk about Louis Gomert, right? We hear at Mr. CTV, recognize, right, Louis Gohmert as a Make America Great Again, as America First. But Ken Paxton said a whole bunch of truth about Louis Gohmert. And the fact of the matter is that Louis Gohmert, as a voting lawmaker with a record, ladies and gentlemen, while well, he talks the talk and he uh, seemingly walks the walk on America First um, positions, Ken Paxton blew the lid off of Louis Gohmert's scheme. Now I'm not saying we don't trust Louis Gohmert. I'm not saying not to um, support the man, but Ken Paxton brought something to the front that should be noted. Where Louis Gohmert does vote conservative, Louis Gohmert does vote alongside with the good old boys. Louis Gohmert, his vote was absent when it came down to the really big america first make america great again issues which means louis gomert was absent on the, the the biggest issues he his his record is uh, outstandingly conservative when he voted but on the votes that counted louis gomert's uh, historical record shows him to be absent non-voting ladies and gentlemen now that's another way that the rhinos pull the wool over your eyes, guys. They'll have a, a, an ace voting record, but on the important votes, they just—they're not there. That's another one of the ploys that rhinos use against you. Am I calling Louis Gomer a rhino, or am I just saying this? All I'm saying, ladies and gentlemen, is to take notes. That's all I'm saying. Okay? All right. Let's get back into this article. It says, from July to December, Paxton raised $2.8 million to Bush's $1.9 million, according to finance reports filed by the Texas Ethics Commission. Paxton had the support of the Washington, D.C.-based Republican Attorneys General Association PAC, which had donated $500,000. The Trump-endorsed incumbent still has $4.4 million in cash on hand, which is more than Bush. But... Eva Guzman had raised the most of the primary candidates from July through December. She raised $3.7 million, and from January to February, she raised $3.6 million. She must have her legs open wide around many of these places. And that is in comparison to Paxton's $1.2 million and Bush's $1.5 million. With Guzman no longer in the running, Bush drew the support of some of Guzman's donors, including real estate developer Harlan Crowe billionaire Drayton McLean and philanthropist Nancy Kinder. Meanwhile, Paxton received a $50,000 donation from hotelier Robert B. Rowling, who had donated $850,000 over the course of Guzman's campaign. Top donations to Bush include $100,000 from oil and gas billionaire Jeffrey Hildebrand on April 5th and $200,000 in April, from oil pipeline billionaire Kelsey Warren, who was a $100,000 top donor for Bush in February. Paxton received $200,000 from Cisco-based THRC Holdings in April. And THRC Holdings is managed by Wilkes Brothers LLC, whose founders have consistently supported Paxton's re-election campaign. So take note that George P. Bush is receiving a lot of money from big oil. Hmm? Katrina Erickson, spokesperson for the Bush campaign, wrote in a statement that Bush appealed to Guzman's and Gohmert's supporters. Erickson said that further fundraising numbers are a clear message from the Republican Party that Paxton is unfit for office. Paxton is charged with two counts of securities fraud and one count of failing to register with state securities regulators based on a 2010 and 2011 private business deal. If I'm not mistaken, these things have already fallen through. This paper is running with old charges that have already been settled, ladies and gentlemen. They've already been settled, okay? Now, it goes on to say here, Seeing these donations should not be surprised as it is clear that George P. Bush is surging in the polls. (laughs) Ha! Heading towards victory on election day, said Erickson. That's a bunch of bullshit. Polling shows, however, that voters might be willing to overlook Paxton's legal troubles. Joshua Blank, Texas Political Project research director, said in April... From the group surveys indicate 63% of Republicans had a favorable view of Paxton, while only 40% had a favorable view of Bush. On the other hand, only 7% had an unfavorable view of Paxton, while 26% had an unfavorable view of Bush. The numbers are similar among people who identify as strong Republicans who are likely to make up the small share of voters expected to vote in the runoff. All right, guys, you better be there, guys. We ain't going to be a small share. It's not surprising to see the anti-Ken Paxton donors solidifying behind George P. Bush. The issue is it's not clear that there's a similar sentiment among the voters, Blink said. Moreover, fundraising money might not be much of an indication of whom Texans will vote for. When you see fundraising numbers, it's not really indicative of voters because, first of all, voters, uh, donors are a tiny, tiny fraction of all the voters. But also in Texas, where a, vote, a few donors can make huge donations pretty much at will, the overall amount of fundraising is not apologies necessarily indicative of any sort of underlying widespread support on its own. Democrats are choosing between Brownsville lawyer Rochelle Mercedes Garza and former Galveston mayor Joe Jaworski for their attorney general nominee. Garza raised uh, (laughs) $334,000 and Jaworski raised nearly $373,000. Early voting uh, is underway. It ends on Friday. That was Friday of this last week. Wow. Wow. The Democrats have raised no more than $375,000 per the $1.9, $1.3 million that uh, the GOP has raised. That's interesting, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Here is one final note on this here. Jeb Bush, grandson of a pedophile and great-grandson of a Nazi. Jeb to rescue George P. Bush gets a cash infusion from his family's donor network. Look, I put on the screen a leftist union supports Bush. (laughs) Might as well be Jeb Bush, right? Um, We're not actually going to really go through this. I just want you guys to see that uh, little derp baby Bush needs the uh, infusion of his father's money, right, to help him. Anyhow, so there's that. It says, according to Texas Monthly Analysis, at least half of Bush's $2.3 million haul came from individuals and entities who either previously served in a Bush administration, donated to a Bush campaign, or have direct business or personal ties to the family. Uh, Most of the donations are relatively small, suggesting that the giving has more to do with favor returning than enthusiasm for the Trump-embracing uh, Prescott Bush, George P. Bush, but money is money and Bush desperately needs it in a race that pits him against Ken Paxton, an incumbent who has the fealty of the GOP grassroots despite, or perhaps because of, criminal indictments and an ever-growing list of scandals. Now, little baby Bush getting money from, um, oh, well, let's see here. Uh, George P. Bush rips into Ken Paxton for running a Biden-style campaign. Right? Okay. Good job here. He's like, Ken ain't doing much by way of your. Ken is just sitting in his basement in his little pajama jams. Right? Just like uh Biden. I swear, guys. Like this guy is such a moron. He's such a moron. He's such a moron. Little Baby Bush says, Texas deserves better. Our party deserves to have somebody that can champion important values under the federal constitution. Uh, Just a bunch of bull either way. But this is what George P. Bush's latest uh, thing is, guys, that Ken Paxton is. Oh, God. (laughs) Oh, God. Do you guys want to see this? Do you guys want? I don't know if you guys want to see this or not. Do you guys really want to see this? We have an interview here between the Austin American Statesman, which is a fully um, left-leaning communist socialist self-avowed type of newspaper. Interviewing little baby Bush, right? Interviewing little baby Bush. Yeah, okay, so uh, maybe, maybe, maybe we'll entertain five minutes of it. What about that? You think that five minutes, maybe five minutes, I don't know. Chuck Lindell, no uh, relationship to Mike, right? Interviews, little baby Bush here. I'm sure I could take notes or just break in and share them with you guys, but um, it'll be painful nonetheless. If you really want to see Gums Bush over here talking. Ha! <laughs> Girl says, no more pics of baby Bush, then we'll be fine. Oh, I'm about to show you a video. Ha ha ha! I'm about to show you a video. Oh, goodness, it's already going to be six o'clock. Okay. All right, let's go, guys. Let's see what's up. Here we go.
1: Important thing you want voters to know about you. Well, I'm a Christian. I'm a father and a husband. Um, I come from a family that puts service to country, to the Constitution, to the laws of our state over anything else. Uh, I think this agency has been disgraced um, for conservatives, for the state of Texas, and frankly, an embarrassment for Our nation, it's been a privilege to serve as land commissioner the last seven years, but my wife and I have 18 years with two boys, Prescott and Jack, who are nine and seven now, um, really have come to a conclusion that Texas deserves better, that our party deserves to have somebody that can champion important values under the Constitution, fighting federal overreach, standing up to liberal progressive mayors that stand against directors of freedom uh, but to actually win in the courthouse and to do so with integrity—that's that's what my campaign is all about: is cleaning up government, cleaning up corruption.
0: So you guys could see how clearly disingenuous he was, right? Like, do we need to review? Do we need to review like uh, facial features and intonation, right? Do we need to review it? Look at how disingenuous this guy is. Look how
1: disingenuous he is. Liberal progressive mayors that stand against directives of freedom. Uh, but to actually win in the courthouse and to do so with integrity that's that's what my campaign is all about is cleaning up government cleaning up corruption so fake right he's gonna he's gonna stand up against mayor ron
0: nuremberg really little baby bush last i heard you were attending the pauper parties cocaine infused orgies with the texas gop little baby bush with ron nuremberg right Because everyone knows Ron Nuremberg and the Casto twins are the main pass-arounds for all of the guys over there in the GOP with the cocaine-infused orgies. And you know what, Ron P. Bush? You probably were, too. I don't doubt it.
2: Which leads to a follow-up question. What is it you most want the voters to know about your opponent, Ken Paxton?
1: Well, he's abused office at every turn. He's literally cheated at everything in his life. He's been around the Capitol for 22 years. Oh, 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 Ken Paxton has literally cheated around everything in his
0: life. Like, little George, Georgie P. Bush can really say that he knows that Ken Paxton has cheated at everything in his life. Like, how desperate are these stupid, know-nothing, progressive, rhino, liberal, and conservative clothing, warmongering, pedophile, Nazi grandchildren... How smart do they think that they are, right? That's why it says Derp Baby Bush Son of Jeb thinks he knows better. Oh, oh, Ken Paxton's cheated at everything in his life since the time he was born because I was there right alongside with him in the little incubator after his mama gave birth. And Ken Paxton cheated against me that he was stronger and larger and ready to go home before I was, says little derp baby Bush son of Jeb thinks he knows it all. George P. Prescott Bush, right? That is ridiculous. What kind of a statement is that? Who
1: cannot see through that? Seriously. He's cheated on his wife. He's cheated um, the Constitution by trying to get a preemptive federal pardon from President Trump. By, dis- by dis- <laughs> yeah, He's cheated on his wife and he's cheated on the Constitution. He's cheated on his wife
0: and he's cheated on the Constitution by trying to get a preemptive federal pardon. from. You know what? Ken Paxton never even asked. Did Ken Paxton ask for a federal pardon from Trump? Was that even a thing? right? Is he counting on Texans to be so stupid and so inebriated in their own false sense of politics that they don't know what's going on? Does he really think that no one's paying attention? Is this guy actually talking to liberals or is he talking to conservatives? It sounds like he's talking to liberals, which means he's totally insulting conservatives. Like, this guy is retarded. Like, no one is going to vote for this idiot. No one's going to vote for this idiot.
1: Disregarding the 10th Amendment, and I'm old enough as a constitutional conservative to respect state's choices on different issues. And he's honestly lied to the people of Texas about his own FBI investigation, the bribes that he's taken and the abuse of his office. And so I challenged him uh, to 10 debates to talk about these issues. He refuses to engage the public or the media, um, including the Freedom of Information Act discussion on First Amendment rights in, in Texas. So Um, He's going to run a Joe Biden-style campaign from his closet. I'm going to continue to run around the state and talk to conservatives about who the right choice is in this race. Do you guys think that we need
0: to go back and replay that last, like, 30 seconds of bullshit to see how much that this guy's bullshitting like you guys can see it right you guys can see on his face he's like well like you know ken paxton's been you know he's been lying to his uh his his constituents about you know the 10th amendment and uh you know so i'm gonna challenge him because you know he cheats on his wife and uh i mean you can all clearly see it's bullshit right tam growl okay it's rhino hunting season (laughs) Okay, so I'm just saying, guys, like, (laughs) I don't know if Ken Paxton cheated on his wife, and you know, it's not my business whether or not he cheated on his wife. Hey, Nana Marie, how you doing? 1957, good to see ya. All right, um, I don't know, maybe we called it with rhino hunting season, maybe we're done with this fool, right? Maybe we're (laughs) done. We're done with this fool. Let's get to the uh, story about the leftist union that's supporting him, right? So this guy who believes in the 10th Amendment, supposedly, but you know, he hands over so much land and infrastructure to China when he's the uh, Texas land commissioner. Uh, uh, Yeah, yeah, right. You're right. 10th Amendment, right? Anyways, anyways. So uh, apparently... There's a leftist labor union that's endorsing him. Okay, let's see what this article has to say. And we're done with the AG race. While Bush may hope to find behind platitudes, the Austin Firefighters Association has a long history aligning with the most radical elements of local Austin. This is terrible. This is terrible, guys. This is terrible because it's true. It's true. The Austin Firefighters Association has long, long stood behind leftist organizations. In fact, it's it's, uh, it's, their, it's their supporting of lefties in freaking um, politics that has led to, aside from the fact that it doesn't seem like many people in Austin are engaged in voting at all, at period, ladies and gentlemen, like they cannot be bothered to vote. In Austin is what it seems like. And uh, I assure you guys, there are streams of red that run through Austin, Texas. It's not all a blue a blue city, guys. It's not. It's not. But that's a shame. It's a shame to note. But these guys are supporting uh, Ken Paxton. You know, little, uh, little grandbaby uh, Nazi uh, pedophile Ken Paxton. Uh, whoop, pardon me. Bush. 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 Did I say Ken Paxton? My bad. My bad, my bad. Yeah, you can you can, you can, take me to the hill on that one, guys. Uh, I don't know why that came out of my mouth, but they're talking about Bush here, guys, not Paxton. Bush, okay. Article says, right, Bush is getting the support of the Austin Firefighters Association. Now, let's go through it. It says, As Texans prepare for next month's primary runoff elections, a new endorsement for state attorney general candidate George P. Bush is raising eyebrows. While Bush may hope to hide behind platitudes, the Austin Firefighters Association has a long history of aligning with the most radical elements of local Austin politics, including groups with ties to leftist billionaire George Soros and current congressional candidate Greg Kassar, a self-proclaimed socialist and a former Austin City Council member. Most recently, the Firefighters association's joined Kassar, That's right. He is a self-proclaimed socialist. They joined him and a panoply of Soros-backed organizations to oppose last fall's Austin police funding initiative. That's right. The Firefighters Association of Austin was against funding the Austin police. And they aligned firmly with the defund the police contingent at the Democrat-run city hall. In 2016, conservative think tank Texas Public Policy Foundation sued the Firefighters Association for receiving unconstitutional subsidies from the city to pursue political activity aligned with City Hall. Additionally, Kesar endorsed leftist county attorney Delia Garza whose um, election was aided by groups with significant Soros funding, is a former chair of the Firefighters Association Political Action Committee. This is hardly the first connection between the Bush family and Soros. Former Secretary of State under George H.W. Bush, James Baker, who has endorsed George P. in his current race, is a well-documented business partner of George Soros nor is the first time the Bushes have used firefighters for questionable purposes. I would definitely say that George W. Bush used uh, firefighters for questionable purposes during the um, terrorist false flag attack on the World Trade Center. Uh, That is tongue-in-cheek and uh, should not be read as being um, disrespectful. But it also says here that former President George W. Bush criticized... Was criticized for politically exploiting New York City firefighters following the 9-11 attacks. Oh, well, I guess we're right in the same vein there, aren't we? Um, A grandbaby, pedophile, great grandbaby, Nazi George P.W. Bush faces incumbent Attorney General Ken Paxton in the runoff. Early voting runs. It's done. Election day is May 24th, ladies and gentlemen. I hope people in my audience are ready to go on Tuesday the 24th. I'll be right there with you alongside at the polls because uh, here at Mr. CTV, we vote on election day, okay? And that's just the way it is. Haven't missed it since I started. All right, guys, it's time to talk about the Texas Railroad Commissioner. We're going to be talking about a rhino, although I don't even know if it's fair to call Sarah Stogner a rhino, because after all, she is more of a, I don't know, a liberal in conservative clothing versus the rhino. (laughs) Corrupt Wayne Christian. Guys, I'm not just commenting on this story because I'm scorned, right? I had Sarah Stogner. I had that woman right there, Sarah Stogner, scheduled to be on my show for an interview. She stood me up because of a hair appointment, right? Um, Made me lose a lot of credibility with my audience, right? And, you know, it's like, yeah, it's not as easy to get an interview with people as one might think, right? You might think, well, you know... These people obviously want the vote of their fellow Texans. These people obviously want to get the word out, even if it's a small stream or a large stream or the MSM or the Legacy, because you never know. You never know. It just might be that interview on a very small outlet that rings out with the most constituents. Maybe I would have asked her questions that would have gotten her favor. Maybe I would have approached her race on a point of view that not many other people have approached it. And that would be because all the people that she does give, you know, interviews to, they're all uh, testosterone-driven, freaking woman-disrespecting types of, you know, I mean, you know what? I shouldn't even say that. I shouldn't even say that about the people that she's given uh, interviews for. Let's just say they've all been testosterone-driven uh, types of uh, radio shows where you have men in their garages with, like, women's boobs popping out behind them and, and like, four-panel horny men interviewing this woman who decided to get up on an oil pump in tassels and a freaking thong and that was her approach to... Uh, campaigning for her um, position, which, you know, I think there's nothing wrong with that. I think that, you know what, it was actually quite smart of her to use her other assets in order to push her campaign, even though she summarily lost the respect of all respectable Texas female voters in the state, right? Like every mother, every grandmother, every respectable woman was like, you know what? You can run for Texas Railroad Commissioner Sarah Stogner, but we're not going to listen to you when you come through our town to campaign. Because after all, I'm a respectable woman. But, but you know what? Here's something that these respectable women would have to consider. You have a nobody, no one, no face, no name running up against a big oil... Big old, 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 uh, was it old uh, uh, country club boys member uh, candidate, you know? And we're talking about Wayne Christensen here. So, guys, I'll be a hundred percent forward with you guys. For me, this race is a wash, it's a hundred percent wash. You're either gonna end up with a leftist in disguise, Sarah Stogner or you're going to end up with a rhino corrupt commissioner, Wayne Christensen. I don't know where to go with this. I honestly think that the main candidate to beat Big Oil had killed, and that was, of course, Sarge, the Sarge who was running in this race, okay? And uh, he's dead now, right? Because he was probably the only candidate that they really needed to beat, and uh well he's gone ladies and gentlemen so we have we have a choice between a rhino corrupt money grabber warmonger Wayne Christensen or we have a choice between him and a leftist individual who probably who probably entertained Wayne Christian and the commissioners and the rest of big oil Sarah Stogner with her tassels and her boobies and all of that shit right that's all we have to choose from guys at this point I've got nothing good to say about this race other than can I write in on the ballot, (laughs) ladies and gentlemen. And it seems like in Texas elections that we really don't have the ability to write in our candidates. But I want to write in for this one, guys. I don't want to vote for either of these two people. I don't want to write in for either of these two people. Railroad Commission candidate I, I'm Sorry, I don't want to vote for either of these people. I want to write in. Railroad commissioner candidate Stogner takes $2 million from transgender rancher. Now, let's just say this. This is after Sarah Stogner ran her entire campaign on not taking any campaign contributions, period. Not taking any campaign contributions, period. And I was like, hey, you know, she made it to the runoffs. This is what she's doing. And she hasn't taken a lick of money from anybody. And then all of a sudden, in the last week or two, she decides to take $2 million from some transgender, okay? So I don't have any faith in Sarah Stogner. And I don't have any faith in Wayne Christensen. Wayne Christensen is corrupt. Wayne Christensen takes money from big oil and also from big um, pollution, And uh, you know what? He's also responsible for the deaths of uh, thousands of people in the state of Texas and for millions of people for losing their electricity. Wayne Christensen is responsible for that. Who are we going to vote for? Ghostbusters? We have either a freaking leftist in freaking conservative clothing or a freaking murderer who does not know to handle his business, corrupt rhino Wayne Christensen in Texas. That's all we got for this race, ladies and gentlemen. I need a write-in. I need a write-in for this race, guys. Let's talk about Sarah Stogner and her leftist manhandling of the conservatives. Sarah Stogner previously said she would self-fund her campaign after repeatedly pledging not to accept any campaign contributions. Railroad Commissioner candidate Sarah Stogner has reversed her position with the latest finance reports showing more than $2 million in donations. With the exception of $124 collected by Bowie County Patriots, who Stogner says passed around a hat for collections after seeing her speak, the only other contribution reported by Sarah Stogner are $2 million of in-kind donations from Ashley Watt. Ashley Watt, formerly Andrew Watt, is a transgender ranching heir whom Stogner has had a close relationship with in recent years. Stogner serves as Watt's lawyer and lives on his ranch in West Texas. Watt has reportedly been motivated to get involved in the race after issues with an oil well near his ranch. Watt says... I am not a political person. I don't really care about politics. But when an old Chevron oil well blew out radioactive brine water into my drinking water aquifer, ruining my ranch and forcing me to sell my entire cattle herd, the Railroad Commission teamed up with Chevron to work against me. Meanwhile, Stogner has criticized her opponent, incumbent Wayne Christensen, for accepting campaign contributions from parties who have businesses before the commission. Christian said Stogner's criticism is hypocritical. Stogner said, it's the height of hypocrisy for Sarah Stogner to criticize me for taking a contribution from someone who recently had business before the railroad commission when she accepted a contribution of $2 million from a single donor who currently has business before the commission. Christian sold Texas store card. From donating to Beto O'Rourke's campaign, to voicing support for the Defund the Police movement, critical race theory, and abortion, to advocating for increased regulations on the oil and gas industry, it is clear conservatives cannot trust Sarah Stogner. Stogner, however, says the decision to accept contributions became necessary to get her message out. The general election for the railroad commissioner in November will attract millions in out-of-state ultra-left donations to my opponent, Stogner told Texas Scorecard. I believe in Texas jobs, Texas environmental protection, Texas oil-filled taxes, and our Texas economy. If If Texas funding to promote my stance on these ideals upsets my opponent, so be it but he takes bribes from industry he regulates. That's a distinction with a difference. I'm in it to win it, and I won't back down, she added. In recent weeks, Stogner has already used a contribution for an $800,000 television ad buy. The spot is a far cry from the viral video that gained Stogner notoriety and public attention in February, in which she posed mostly nude atop an oil jack pump. During the same period, Christian's campaign has reported $528,843 in contributions. Despite its name, the Railroad Commission oversees oil and gas in the state. Three Railroad Commissioners served staggered six-year terms, with one Commissioner facing statewide election every two years. Early voting continues through Friday with Election Day on Tuesday, May 24th. All I can say to this, guys, is I sincerely hope that since these railroad commissioners are facing a staggered race, which means in two years, another one is going to be up, and in two years, another one's going to be up, is that we get real legit conservative patriots in that race. Because it is an extremely important race for the well-being and the continuance of Texans in the face of what? Um, um, hot summers, shutting down energy and cold winters, killing people. That's what I'm talking about right there, guys. That's what I'm talking about right there. Now, as per Sarah Stogner, all I's got to say is I was, uh, I was not going to bring up her abortions. I was not going to bring up her, um, I hadn't heard about her CRT stuff, guys. I hadn't heard about her CRT stuff. I'd heard that she supported Beto, and I'd heard that she was pro-abortion. I was not going to bring that up when in my interview with her, and I don't know why she stiffed me on my interview other than the fact that I don't have a large audience by any means, ladies and gentlemen, which is fine. I think the people who need to hear these uh, broadcasts will hear these broadcasts. And that audience is a little bit bigger than she might have deduced based on visiting any of my social media platforms. But I wasn't going to bring that stuff up. I was genuinely interested in hearing what she had to say in regard to Texas energy and the oiled uh, regulations and the oil landfill. That's what I was interested on hearing from her. Now I'm scorned. And now it's just like, can I write in my choice for Texas railroad commissioner, because actually the person I voted for is not in the race anymore. But, uh, clearly this, um, clearly this, uh, clearly this hooker, um, did her, did a job good, right? She did her job good. This hooker, uh, by getting herself in the runoffs and it's against, it's against an incumbent, Aww. right? It's an, against a crooked incumbent. I want to ride in, The C-Report and all the shows on this podcast channel are 100% listener supported. We don't have corporate sponsors. We don't have independent sponsors. Our sponsors are you, the listener. So if you like the work we do and like what we have to say and contribute to the world of news and information and entertainment, please show us your support. Make a monthly donation to help sustain future episodes at anchor.fm slash the C-Report. Your support is greatly appreciated. From 99 cents per month to 4.99 per month to 9.99 per month. Every donation counts and every bit helps. Show your support for the C-Report and other shows on this podcast channel by visiting anchor.fm slash slash the C report and thanks y'all so there's sarah stogner the leftist in conservative clothing who are you gonna vote for texas are you gonna vote for sarah stogner or are you gonna vote for wayne christian or are you gonna try and write it in i'm gonna try and write it in honestly that's what i'm gonna do that's my move personally but i don't know i don't know we'll see what happens Anyways, uh, I have to thank Mr. CTV and C Report audience member, Two Rivers. That's right, Two Rivers, ladies and gentlemen. Two Rivers passed this infographic along to me. Now, this infographic is pro Wayne Christian who is also responsible for the death of many in Texas for his uh, his negligence uh, that led up to the freeze in February of 2021. We're not going to forget that, right? But it's a pretty interesting infographic if you ask me about Sarah Stogner. Let's go ahead and focus on Sarah Stogner right over here. Sarah Stogner, right? You see her. You see Sarah Stogner. The the it says Rhino Alert, but let's be fair. This is a leftist liberal in conservative clothing, which is by no means a rhino. She's not trying to be a Republican. It's just uh, she has to run. The, I guess you could say it's a rhino. Anyways, Sarah Stogner is a fake Republican trying to win our primary. Sarah Stogner has never voted in a Republican primary before voting for herself. She has contributed to Beto O'Rourke. Sarah Stogner is a liberal lawyer who has publicly stated Texas should increase oil and gas regulation. Sarah Stogner is pro abortion. She has opposed the heartbeat bill, stating, Stay out of my uterus. Sarah Stogner criticizes the NRA as absurd and calls gun control common sense. Sarah Stogner supports critical race theory and has opposed efforts to ban it from our classrooms. Sarah Stogner stated support for the written material on gender and queerness in our schools. And Sarah Stogner has made online statements that we should get rid of cops and police were informed to slave to bring slaves back as property. That's according to a little write-up from Wayne Christensen, okay, guys? Now, I don't know, guys. I mean, Wayne Christensen or Wayne Christian is responsible for the deaths of many Texans. Wayne Christian is a very corrupt politician. He's a very corrupt commissioner, Wayne Christian. I don't know what you guys think out there. You know, I don't know if you guys think it's better to vote for someone who's corrupt or to vote for someone who's all out outright fake. I am stuck on this one, guys. I really am. I want to write in. I want to write in. I want to write in. I want to write in my vote for Railroad Commissioner because I don't want to vote for either of these guys. (laughs) Tam Growl says, does she even have a uterus? (laughs) Just asking for a friend, says Tam Growl. Just asking for a friend. Oh, God bless you, Tam Growl. All right, guys, that's going to bring us to our last topic for today, um, which is this. Our Texas Land Commissioner race. Now, in our Texas Land Commissioner race, we are voting either for San Antonio's own Dr. Wesley, or we are voting for the Trump-endorsed Don Buckingham. Ladies and gentlemen... Don Buckingham. Now, I've kind of had my own thing to say about Don Buckingham. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't necessarily agree that that, that, that was the best endorsement for President Trump to make. And we're definitely not in a Mehmet Oz Dave McCormick situation here by any means, guys. I mean, Don Buckingham does have a pretty conservative voting record. I will undoubtedly say so. When it comes to who would win the race, Don Buckingham or David Wesley, definitely, it would be Don Buckingham. Dr. Wesley would not stand a chance against Don Buckingham. She has also received the endorsement of President Trump. And so that seems to see that seems to be the safe bet to place your money on. ladies and gentlemen, let's take a look Let's take a look at this video here. Why don't we? This is the Texas Land Commissioner runoff featuring Don Buckingham, who kind of looks like a man, and again, Dr. Wesley. Um, We'll just save any uh, words for them and uh, not for me. Let's check it out.
3: I'm Dr. Dawn Buckingham, State Senator for District 24, and I am running for the Land Commissioner.
0: Hello, my name
2: is Dr. Tim Wesley. I am running for Texas Land Commissioner. I am a husband of 27 years next month, a father of three, grandfather of three.
3: You know, this office is so incredibly important from being, again, the tip of the spear in defending oil and gas in our history. Those are the obvious Um, places, but also our border and then helping our students, our veterans and stewarding our state lands are all incredibly important things I'm very passionate about in the state.
2: As a veteran, veteran issues have always intrigued me. Uh, That was one of the reasons I got onto the campaign trail back in 2015-16 for US Congress. I'm a former US Congressional uh, Republican nominee, twice, uh, two times over. And it was veterans' issues that grabbed my attention then. It was veterans' issues now.
3: (laughs) You know, a lot of people uh, don't know what the General Land Office does at all. So we actually predate the governor by about eight years because after Texas had lived under its six flags, we had to know who owned what with all the Spanish grants and Mexican grants and all that. So we became the keeper of the maps, which meant we were the... Guardians of Texas history steward 13 million acres with the largest mineral owner in the state. With the revenues that we generate from the state lands, we fund education in veterans.
2: The land commissioner is going to be overseeing those things. In addition, when we think about natural disasters, for example, Hurricane Harvey, the land commissioner's office is going to be working in conjunction with places like FEMA and HUD to make sure that funds that are coming in federally are going to be dispersed properly so we can make sure we get Texans back on their feet after the natural disasters. I mentioned the Alamo. Overseeing what's taking place at the Alamo is going to be a major function with the land commissioner's office, making sure we not only protect those monuments, such as the Alamo and the Cenotaph, but we also protect history along the way.
3: Well, we have a lot. We have the revisionist history movement. Um, That's going to be, I think, our biggest fight. We have a lot of room to improve in our disaster recovery. You know, when I'm down in the area, And by hurricanes, there are people who are four years out that still haven't been able to rebuild their homes. Um, So there's a lot there. Then, of course, we know that we are the land of the free because of the brave. We can't do enough for our wonderful veterans. So between the veterans homes and the veterans cemetery and what we do through the veterans land board, uh, we help a lot of Texans.
2: I I would say when we consider our border, that's one of the greatest challenges, because as I've traveled throughout the great state of Texas and engaged with Uh, constituents throughout. One of the major issues they ask about is the border. We have 1,254 miles of southern border. Much of that 1,254 miles got to be private land. However, we have a few hundred thousand acres that's going to be public lands. And so they're concerned about that and people will look and say, well, that's at the southern border. How does that affect us? As I was running for Congress, one of the things I would tell people, it affects every citizen that pays taxes.
3: Well, we're in charge of the Alamo. So that's a big, a big important fight. I think everyone's aware of the book with the big red X through the Alamo. Um, you know, I was proud of throwing down the legal challenge. that kept the cenotaph where it should be out in front. I was proud to be the primary author for the only legislation that passed to protect our monuments, markers, and medallions this last session. But it's a fight that we're going to have to keep fighting. And we need somebody who's not afraid to stand up and fight that fight
2: have a huge role because ultimately uh, the land commissioner has a huge voice in what takes place, which direction um, everything goes when it comes down to the Alamo and the Cenotaph. Working in conjunction with, of course, uh, the city of San Antonio and other officials. And so we solved the debacle, or I would say, uh, the uh, problem that took place with respect to reimagining the Alamo, the land commissioner's office. All one needs to do is just Google land commission office or GLO and Google the Alamo or Cenotaph, and you will see floods of stories that are coming out.
3: Well, critical race theory was banned um, by the state legislature. Of course, it's going to be vigilance on the local level that's going to keep it out. Unfortunately, right now, um, we are constitutionally required to give a certain percentage of the interest that we generate to fund public education. Then, of course, there's the university fund as well. So right now, Um, I'm unaware that the General Land Office has any discernment in how those funds are spent. It's just our constitutional duty to provide those funds.
2: When we think about the uh, permanent school fund, we have to understand the flow of money. As I mentioned, we're talking over $50 billion. The flow of money, much of that's going to go from the Land Commission's Office is flowing to TEA, the Texas Education Agency. Flooring from the TEA, eventually it's going to flow down to the school districts. And so by all means, as I've told people and many times in the past, the land commissioner's office is not only a platform, but the land commissioner has to have that voice to speak for we the people. That voice should be able to say, if you're teaching critical race theory, I'm going to do everything I can to make sure that the funding that you've been receiving is either delayed or stopped.
3: You know, a lot of people don't know the first uh, section of the border wall was actually a flood control levee project down in the valley. So where there's a will, there's a way. Um, The state is currently building uh, additional miles of wall on state lands where it's easier. Uh, We're having some problem where the federal government have have, uh, has taken land along the border. Through minute domain and they're not giving it back currently. So we're looking at other options for that. But on state lands, we have a lot of control.
2: As the next land commissioner, how can we disincentivize them? We know again that there are hundreds of thousands of acres that we are managing as the GLO. Why not work with legislators? Because this is going to be a legislative issue. I would like to work with legislators to make sure that we get some type of legislation passed that if a person comes into the United States illegally and they're found on public land, that they're charged with a felony. If they're charged with a felony, now they won't have an opportunity to become a citizen of the United States of America.
3: You know, I'm the proven conservative in this race. I'm the one who's walked the walk, not just talked the talk, stood in the fire and taken the hard votes. You'll see in my Senate record, I've been an active participant in all of the most conservative legislation that's come through the Senate. From a business standpoint, I've run successfully multiple small businesses, practicing physician. One of them is my practice. One of them is a real estate business. I own agricultural, residential and commercial property. So I already understand stewarding our state lands a little bit as I run my ranch, Um, and we think we're the proven one with the contacts and the knowledge to be able to run this office efficiently and well.
2: The day that the BLM showed up, Black Lives Matters, not the Bureau of Land Management, when Black Lives Matter showed up and they were ready to do damage at the Alamo, there was one person, one candidate there on the ground that day, standing with This is Texas Freedom Force and that was none other than Dr. Tim Wesley. That story was picked up by Breitbart as well. So I'm not only qualified for those areas, but as we look, when it comes down to emergency management and disaster relief and things of that nature, as a former nonprofit leader, I've been engaged. I was also trained to make sure I managed Red Cross facilities and things of that nature as a manager, frontline manager. And so those things are going to be important and crucial. So ultimately, across the board, when it comes down to things that the GLO is going to require of the next land commissioner on day one, you won't find another candidate that's well qualified, well versed, having done multiple things that's going to be needed on day one for that office.
3: So if you want to find out more about us, you can go to dawnbuckingham.com and all the information's there.
2: If you want to be involved in my campaign, I'm going to ask multiple things. One, to pray for the campaign. I'm a man of faith. I'm also a former pastor. And so that's one of the things I believe in. Secondly, I want to make sure people know if they go to our website, you can find me on Facebook at Dr. Tim Wesley. You just Google that as well when it comes to Twitter and Instagram. If you see postings out there and you believe in what we're doing, share what we're doing, share it with others. Also, sign up for our newsletters on our website. That newsletter, you can find it at Texans. That's Texans, T-E-X-A-N-S, the number four, Tim.com. Texans for Tim.com.
0: Well, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. I'm sure that gave some undecided Texans some food for thought, perhaps, about whom they might be voting for come tuesday now i don't share my opinion to uh you know influence anyone's uh a decision because after all like i say ladies and gentlemen i'm not here to influence i am here to inform okay that's my stance on all of these matters uh i get it you know i get it i know I know, I know, President Trump endorsed Don Buckingham, right? He endorsed Don Buckingham for Texas Land Commissioner. I'm going to be voting for Dr. Tim Wesley, though. That's my decision. Okay, so as you can see, I'm not like, uh, you know, like a Trump sycophant, right? And I'm sure that Trump would not like to hear that I am voting for Dr. Tim Wesley, but... However this race is decided after Tuesday, come November, you can damn well be sure you know I will be voting for whichever candidate wins this election. So there, so there, so now that just proves it for everyone who's watching this show across all platforms who think like, oh, that Mr. C, he just sucks at the teat of Donald Trump. He's just enamored and infatuated with the cult of personality that is the Don. No, ladies and gentlemen, I'm not. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So that is that. Let's read this last article. On this topic of Doctor of uh, Don Buckingham versus Doctor Tim Wesley, um, and uh, we'll call tonight a success. Would you say, ladies and gentlemen? I would say success for a Sunday afternoon. Bad endorsements and misleading Texans. Ooh, that's pretty strong, isn't it? It says by now you probably have seen that there is a runoff election between Dr. Tim Wesley and Don Buckingham. <laughs> they spelt Don Buckingham wrong. They spelt they spelt it like Don is like the Don Signor of the uh <laughs> Uh, Like she's the Don of the cartel or something like that. Don Buckingham for Texas Land Commissioner. This runoff election will have serious consequences when it comes to our Texas history and our veterans and our schools, too. Actually, guys, as you heard them say, a lot of Texans are summing this race up as the establishment rhino. The establishment rhino, which is Don Buckingham. Versus the grassroots candidate, which is Dr. Tim Wesley. Before you get into the meat of this article, please mark down these important dates on your calendar. Election day for the runoffs is May 24th, 2022. There you go, guys. That's what you need to know. Throughout this entire process the primaries and runoff there has been some really bad endorsements when it comes to Texas land commissioner's race a lot of people started endorsing victor avila a candidate in the primaries for the Texas land commissioner mostly because he was a special agent with ice hsi united states immigration that all changed in february of 2022 when the texas is when this is texas freedom force exposed that Victor Avila had endorsed George P. Bush, former land commissioner, who is try- who tried to reimagine the Alamo and remove the Alamo Centotaph, who is now running for Texas AG against Texas, uh, Ken Paxton. This is Texas Freedom Force also caught Victor Avila bragging that his campaign had a big donor with deep pockets, i.e. George P. Bush, so he was not worried about the Texas land commissioner race. He had it all wrapped up. That did not work out too well. Soon after This Is Texas Freedom Force dropped the info publicly and he was exposed Texans began to flee from his campaign, and his numbers dropped quickly. Victor did not win the race for land commissioner. He came in fifth place out of seven candidates, only getting 121,998 votes, about 7.5% of the vote. This just shows that making bad endorsements can have some serious consequences for both the endorser and the person being endorsed. Yep, missed it by a mile. Mm -hmm. Some of you may have seen last week that the GOA, the Gunner Gun Owners of America, put out an email endorsing Don Buckingham for Texas Land Commissioner. Now before we begin talking about this specific bad endorsement, we want to make a few things clear. We are not knocking gun owners of America on their work concerning gun rights or the Second Amendment. We give credit where credit is due. We commend gun owners of America for bringing in members to testify and working long hours at the Texas Capitol on the Constitutional Carry Bill. Although constitutional carry was not achieved in the 87th legislative session, Texans got permit-less carry... Gun owners of America still did a good job at the Capitol, but when it comes to their endorsement of Don Buckingham, not only did they miss the bullseye, but they also missed the target altogether. It's important to add that Texas hero Stephen Wilford, the Texan who stopped the Sutherland Spring Church shooter, has endorsed Dr. Tim Westley for Texas Land Commissioner. Mr. Williford is part of the Gun Gun Owners of America's leadership. He's the national spokesperson for GOA, so it seems that someone sent the GOA email out making the endorsement for Don Buckingham on behalf of GOA without consulting all the GOA leaders for their opinion on this matter." the gun owners of america's main mission is gun owners rights to defend the second amendment uh and uh let me see what else does this say the second amendment agendas and the uh this is texas uh for <laughs> i don't know the name of this freaking organization uh texans for uh tech this is texas freedom force okay right i might join this group the texas freedom force their main mission is protecting Texas history, Texas monuments. This includes our four-year battle to save the Alamo cenotaph, which we won. We have saved our do- dozen of monuments from removal across the state, and we physically defended the Alamo from 5,000 Black Lives Matters rioters and looters who attacked and wanted to burn the Alamo to the ground. As you see above, this is Texas Freedom Force's main mission is protection and defending our Texas history, TITFF has worked on several guns rights issues, but we always play a secondary role to groups like Open Carry Texas and GOA. This is done by design. You would not call an asthma doctor to fuse your back, would you? No. You call an orthopedic back surgeon. Same goes with gun rights issues. Yes, this is Texas Freedom Force knows our fair share about guns, gun rights, gun laws, and gun legislation, but we defer gun-related issues to Open Carry Texas and on occasion gun owners of America because that is their primary objective. It is not only the smart thing to do, but also the respectful thing to do. So when Texans are talking about electing a candidate to Texas Land Commissioner whose position has nothing to do with gun-related issues, but has everything to do with Texas history and our historical monuments, one would think GOA would at least ask TITFF what our thoughts are about the candidates before blasting a bad endorsement out to Texans, but that never happened. Maybe they are too good to reach out to us, maybe they have not got—they have gotten too big for their britches and think they know it all, or maybe it's one of those I'll scratch your back if you scratch mine type of deals. No matter what the case, a bad endorsement is a bad endorsement, it's done, and GOA has to live with it. Let's talk about the rhino in the room, ladies and gentlemen! Now, might I just say, ladies and gentlemen, that I outright played that rhino alert for Don Buckingham the first time I reported on Don Buckingham, and I felt bad. But I guess I shouldn't have. All right, let's go. (laughs) Let's go, guys. It says, there are a lot of reasons Texans refer to Don Buckingham an establishment rhino, never mind the nickname we gave her, Duckingham. We will discuss that later. Also, a lot of issues we will be bringing up are in the video we posted below. Once you are done reading the article, you can watch the video and see Duckingham's response to Texan's questions. How many of you knew that establishment rhinos asked Don Buckingham to run for land commissioner? They did. Buckingham is a current senator in the state of Texas. Senator is a much higher office than land commissioner. No one just ups and decides to leave their Senate seat, take a demotion, and run for a lower office unless they are asked to do so by the establishment rhinos. The reason they wanted her to run is because current Texas land commissioner... Georgie P. Bush, establishment Rhino, is running for attorney general against Ken Paxton. The establishment wants to ensure that they will get another establishment Rhino in the general land office because the state has put a lot of money into the the Reimagine the Alamo Project George P. Bush screwed up and wasted lots of money on a plan that 97.3% of conservative Texans were against. They cannot afford to have someone come in as land commissioner, listen to the will of Texans, specifically grassroots Texans, and not see a return on the investment. So the establishment needs another establishment, Rhino, to come in and do their bidding. Hence why Buckingham is running for office. Buckingham brags in her speeches saying, some folks ask me to run for land commissioner, but she won't tell you who they are. This is Texas Freedom Force Houston director Randy Beal asked Buckingham, who asked her to run for land commissioner, and she responded with, we all have folks that ask us to run. When Buckingham was pressed... On the issue, she replied, I can't remember who asked me. Talk about a roundabout way to answer the question without answering the question. You can see her not answering the question on Video B at the bottom of this article. Buckingham knows exactly who asked her to run. She does not want to answer the question because the they are rhinos, and she knows she would lose a lot of support if she told the truth. You might be saying, but I heard Buckingham tells us that she stopped the Alamo Cenotaph from being removed, and she's against the Reimagine the Alamo project. You might have heard her say that it's on the video below, too, but we all know politicians lie like a rug. Let's just talk about the Alamo Cenotaph battle first. This is Texas Freedom Force spent four years fighting George P. Bush and the city of San Antonio trying to stop the removal slash damaging of the Alamo Cenotaph. This is Texas Freedom Force. Attended every single Alamo meeting that was held from 2017 until 2021. That includes Alamo Trust meetings, Alamo Advisory meetings, Alamo Roadshow meetings, City Council meetings, Citizens to Be Heard meetings, testifying on Alamo bills at the Capitol, and much more. This is Texas. Freedom Force held dozens of hashtag not one inch rallies each year at the Alamo Cenotaph and across Texas. This is Texas Freedom Force spent countless nights spending 24 72 hours staying at the Alamo Cenotaph in fear because a crane was parked a few blocks away from the Alamo and we thought this was going to be the night they tried to disassemble the Cenotaph. This is Texas Freedom Force dedicated a parade float that had an eight foot by four foot three-dimensional Alamo as our centerpiece. We attended six parades We at where we passed out flyers talking to Texans about what was going on at the Alamo and hopes to educate them on it. This is Texas Freedom Force even had a banner flown over our rally by a plane that talked about not moving the Alamo Cenotaph. Do you know how many times we saw Don Buckingham during those four years? Zero. A big, fat, zero. Before each meeting, the committee would read any letters that had been written by politicians or those in high places. Do you know how many times we listened to a letter written by Buckingham at one of those hundreds of meetings? Zero. Another big fat zero. You can make up any excuse you want, but her opponent, Dr. Tim Wesley, was there. State Representative Kyle Biderman was there. Other senators and state representatives wrote letters, but Don Buckingham did not. State representatives like Kyle Biderman even asked Don Buckingham three times to sign on to his Alamo bills, bills that would have kept the focus on 1836 Battle of the Alamo, but Buckingham turned him down all Three times, you will hear in the video that Don Buckingham claims it was because liberal Democrats added amendments to the bill, and that is why she turned down state senator senator representative state representative Kyle Biderman and his bill. but this is false during the time that state senator state representative bill Kyle, representative Kyle Biderman. Asked Buckingham to sign onto his Alamo bills, the bills had not yet gone to a committee hearing, little less made it to the House floor where the Liberal amendments could be added to the bill. So, her claim is false. Buckingham can say all she wants, but the proof is in the pudding, is in the taste she turned State Representative Biderman down three times to sign onto his bill before any amendments were added. And for your information, this is Texas Freedom Force talked to State State Representative Kyle Biderman via phone before we posted this statement. We want the truth, not hearsay. The next topic we will discuss is Buckingham's claim that she was the only person to pass a monument protection bill And her bill now protects all historical medallions, markers, and monuments. This is a true and false statement rolled up in one. First off, yes. Buckingham passed a monument protection bill. What you won't hear is that Buckingham's monument protection bill is a do-nothing bill and it does not protect all of our monuments, medallions, and markers. Up until This Is Texas Freedom Force confronted Buckingham on April 4th in Conroe, Texas, Buckingham had been telling everyone her bill protected all of our monuments. She changed her tune once This Is Texas Freedom Force proved she was lying. For those that do not know, This Is Texas Freedom Force was the first organization to get a monument protection bill put up for consideration in 2017, the 85th Legislature. In fact, the first monument protection bill named This Is Texas Freedom Force in the bill, this followed This Is Texas Freedom Force hosting a rally where 1,500 armed Texans showed up to confront Antifa, who threatened to vandalize the Sam Houston Monument. Since then, This Is Texas Freedom Force has pressed our monument protection bill for six years, three legislative sessions, 85th, 86th, 87th legislature. We are currently working with senators and state reps to file our bill in the 88th legislative session. So when it comes to monument protection, we, the Texas, this is Texas freedom force, know the ins and outs of the bills and process. This is Texas Freedom Force did not work on Buckingham's monument protection bill because we could see it was a do nothing bill. So there was no reason to waste our time on that bill. We have seen several do nothing monument protection bills filed by senators and state representatives over the years. Most just file the bill to say they did something like Buckingham is doing. Now some ask, how do you know it's a do nothing bill? In this case it's really simple. First off, the Texas Historical Commission called Buckingham's bill a do nothing bill. This was posted in an article in late 2021. Second, since Buckingham's supposed monument protection bill passed, there has been three monuments removed by the liberal left. 300 historical bricks with the names of United States and Confederate veterans on them have been removed, and a fourth monument is currently under threat of removal by the liberal Cankel culture. When you pass a monument protection bill, there should be zero historical monuments removed. This is Texas Freedom Force Monument Protection Bill states that all All monuments 40 years old or older cannot be removed. Monuments 20 years old to 40 years old can only be removed by a vote of Texans. Then any monument under 20 years old can be removed if a city council or a county commissioner court vote to remove it. That's because the Texas This Is Texas Freedom Force does not consider a monument 20 years old and younger to be a historical monument. Buckingham should have used her power and influence to get our bill passed instead of wasting time on her do-nothing bill. A quick side note, during our six years meeting with senators and House representatives trying to pass our monument protection bill, Buckingham is one of a handful of senators slash House representatives that never sat down to discuss monument protection with TITFF. Another question you may have is, why did Buckingham's bill pass, but TITFF's Monument Protection Bill did not pass? The answer goes back to the whole rhino issue. A lot of y'all have heard Don Huffine say, the governor of Texas can get almost any bill passed that he wants. The biggest opposition to Monument Protection is not the liberal left. It comes from the establishment rhinos in office. We have posted several videos in the past where you hear a senator state representative say, Senate leadership instructed the committee chair to sit on the bill or House leadership does not want to spend all day arguing this bill. The leadership in both the Senate and the House is part of the establishment and they answer to Dan Patrick, Greg Abbott or both. Buckingham's bill was passed because the establishment knew her bill was a do-nothing bill, so they allowed her bill to go through. That way, they could claim they did pass a monument protection bill, but they were not worried about the backlash from Democrats for passing it. The establishment is only interested in their next election gaining more power or making more money. Ladies and gentlemen, and might I add that Dan Patrick is the man who gave President Trump the list of Texans that he should endorse, and that when I saw Dan Patrick at the American Freedom Tour, and he was right there no less than 10 feet away from me, I chose not to take a picture with that rhino who takes money from pharmaceutical companies that um, create, um, who create uh, um, gen, um, uh, the ones who do the whole thing against the kids and their genitals, okay? (laughs) Sorry, I can't put my foot on it right now. What a way to lose my fire, right? But no, yeah, um, gene blockers, ladies and gentlemen, these people who do the uh, chemical castrations on kids. Ladies and gentlemen, will not take it, would not do it. No, sir. I don't need to take a picture with a fake rhino like that. I don't give a damn if he is our state's lieutenant governor, Dan Patrick. I ain't going to be caught smiling in a picture next to you. Because if I am, the photo is going to show me giving you a big old fat wedgie, Dan Patrick. Okay, let's leave it there. Let's leave it there. Okay, guys. Anyways, I think you all know who I will be voting for come what... Tuesday, as far as the Texas Land Commissioner goes, Dr. Tim Wesley, I know we're going to be rolled up into a November snowball with all these rhinos, but um, I guess that's the way it's going to be here in the state of Texas, ladies and gentlemen, right? Right? until we get our crap our shit fixed right and we're gonna have to get there guys hopefully with broadcasts like this hopefully with organizations like this is texas freedom force and i'm gonna sign up i'm gonna join that crew this is texas freedom force because you can tell these people know what they're talking about ladies and gentlemen we'll see how it goes until then until next time ladies and gentlemen until the next lone star news until the next C-Report, I hope you guys have a fabulous evening, a fabulous Sunday afternoon. I will let you guys in on a little secret. We will be back here live at Mr. C-TV tonight for a brand new episode of C-In-The-Dark. And I'm going to have a very special guest on with me tonight for Sea in the dark We'll be going live just after dark at 9 p.m. Central Time. I hope you guys are ready and willing for it. We'll see you then. And until next time, as always, ladies and gentlemen, please be safe, be blessed, and God bless Texas. God bless these United States of America. And God bless each and every one of us as we go out to vote on Tuesday for the primary runoffs. We'll see you next time, ladies and gentlemen. Love you much, love you always, and love you long. Take care till then.